My name's Ed Piscor. I do a comic uh, called Hip Hop Family Tree, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Pleasant. Starting the year off right, my friend. Boom, boom. Yep. Not unexpected. Oh. I don't know. Why? Why? Merry New Year, my brothers. Merry New Year. Yay. Considering, you know, the drama before we we connected tonight. Yeah. A little bit of drama. But the only people that are ever... No. The only people that are ever going to get wind of that drama are the patrons. Yes. Not if it's not fixed. I'll notice soon enough. Well... They don't know why. Right. Wait, do we know why? No. Yes. Yes. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> so we do know why, but you don't want to say right now, but if I had been on five minutes earlier, I would know why? Yes. No. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, we could do this if we were in front this of each other. Seriously. That's that was the best. Yes. Oh, boy. 2020, y'all. No. <laughs> Actually... Actually, the, the the domain is due in a couple of days. We got okay. that. We got that. Yeah, we got that. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Hey, everybody. 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 646, the very first one of the new year. Happy 2020, everybody. And I am an ebullient Vince B. Mm, you are. And I am David A. Price. That's true, and I am in the saddest fucking movie Netflix has ever made. I'm Adam Driver. What movie is that? Marriage Story. Yeah. Oh, I didn't watch that. Don't bother. No, really? I, I could tell if I'm going to like something. I saw the the like about 20 seconds of the trailer. Looks, and I'm like, you do a good job in it, which is why I want to see it. I know oh, it's super well acted. Cool. You know, I love me some ScarJo, which is why I had yeah. to watch it. But man, I mean, it is. I, I mean. Full disclosure, if I didn't have what I consider to be an amazing marriage, I would wanted to jump off of a bridge after watching the movie because I think if you have any, like people listening, if you have any sort of, let's say, consternation in your current relationship, mm-hmm. I, I, this movie is, it's 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 the raw underbelly of all that. Mm. But anyway. I just watched Wormwood so I can feel terrible about the, I right. saw you pimping that on the EOC patron Slack. Yeah, I, it's amazing. I know it was a comic. Was it a comic before the show or was it the other way around? Oh, this is a documentary. A documentary. Yes, about... it's, it's a documentary about a um, uh, botanist slash biologist that was killed by the CIA, CIA because he oh. was, was feeling some kind of way about Korea and the fact that... Uh, biological weapons were being used and so, so this the, isn't anything to do with the wormwood comic you know you know what i'm talking about that yeah i think uh, no 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 no. oh okay oh i thought it was just an adaptation of that comic or, yeah or frank both. olson uh okay. C- cia had him uh s- supposedly drugged and then they they threw him out of a uh 13-story window and made it look oh, like man. a suicide and the son goes 50 years he, he expends 50 years of his life to try and get to the truth of mm-hmm. what happened, and he finally gets the truth, and it's a, it's a, a very bittersweet ending because he can't do anything with the truth. Just, just watch it. It's great. Yeah. It's only six episodes long. Okay. Yeah. But there you go. 
And that here we are. Here we is. We have a multi-pronged attack for this um, episode. One prong is going to be significantly longer than the other prong, so you're not going to be able to pick up little cocktail franks with it. But we have two things we want to talk about tonight. And uh, both of them have been brought to you by our Beautimous patrons. That's right. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Go there and see what all the fuss is about. We have, uh, as Jason always says, we have a, a, a patron Slack channel, which is exploding. There's, uh, speaking of nook and crannies, there's a ton of sub Slack boards on there about movies and TV and video games and health and wellness and and a ton of stuff. And then uh, you get other stuff like a two-plus-hour bonus episode only for the patrons. They got that. First day of the new year, we gave them two hours of our life. And we said, here, you, you're the best people on the planet. Thank you for doing this. And Because um, I was feeling a little bit weird about – I mean, I know Jason's – approach to the patreon works where the the few lifted up for the many you know spock with his hand on the on the glass and everything but um that's great lifted up for everybody but don't you think the few that do step up should be given something special and that's what we're going to do every single month the patrons are going to get an exclusive at least two hours of audio every month that no one else can hear so that's our one of our new things for the the new year, and it's it's not one hundred percent comic talk, but they don't expect it to be. It's it's movies and all the stuff we talk about on the Slack with the uh, community that has been uh, fostered there goes into the the uh, extra audio where it's it's no holes barred. We talk about everything, and you can hear it and be part of it if you would like. If you go to uh, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics just check a look around see if you like it we'd love to have you yeah we absolutely would yes i bob bob's your uncle Uh what are we drinking well pleasant surprise for y'all i was so hyped for this episode that i i'm 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 continuing the streak of, of drinking alcohol for the show yay i know i know uh, my, my, my buddy Craig was, was visiting for the holidays and, uh, he's a fan of the dark beers. Mm. So I stocked up on a bunch of different dark beers in his, uh, anticipated arrival and my favorite of the bunch. And so I'm drinking that right now is, and I sent Vince a picture of this over the holidays and he didn't respond. Uh, Sierra Nevada, Narwhal Imperial Stout. Hmm. I'm stunned that that's the one you like. Why? Right. It could probably narwhal. taste like Dookie and have a narwhal on it. You'd yep. be like, oh, it's just oh, the best. It's true. I was drawn thing. to it. Well, so a couple things. It has a narwhal on the label, which is amazing. And it is 10% alcohol by volume. How many of those do you have? Like well, lot lined 12, up for I now. I have 12 of them. Oh, no. How many do you have lined up for tonight? Oh, well, I have, I have the narwhal lined up right now with one bottle. And then I have uh, a bottle of um, Cigar City Brewing Cubano-style espresso brown ale. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Well, I have uh, three beers that I'm drinking. Right now, I am imbibing in The Truth. It's an Imperial IPA by Flying Dog with 8.7% alcohol. I will follow that up with 
Granola Brown Ale by Black Hog Brewing Company. And I don't know what the uh, alcohol content of this is. And then thirdly, I have the Black Hog IPA, which I have had. And it is hoppy as hell. And I love it. So there you go. Three different things for tonight. Just because it's all special and stuff. See, I was. I, I, I do have some seltzer right here. I was going to get water because I've I definitely um, overindulged over the past couple of weeks. So I wanted to start the year off taking it a little easy. But considering tonight's episode, um, that would have been extremely stupid to do. Uh, so um, I am enjoy. Oh, I'm about to enjoy. I haven't tried it yet, although my wife seemed to dig it. Uh Picked up a box from um, that was what delivered. was in the box. What was in the box uh, that was delivered by Wine Text today. Nice. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is my third my third box. Each box is getting a little bigger. Um, they tend this to do is, that. Uh, this is uh, Lamas Nona. I'm sorry, Lamas Mona de Todas, and this is uh, a product of Spain. It is forty percent Tempranillo. 40% Garnacha and 20% Syrah. So, um, like I said, picked it up tonight. Haven't tried it yet, so we'll, we'll, we'll be sipping on it in a few. But uh, although when I did pick up this box, I did see um, some White Claw on the shelf. But since my hands were full and I was also picking up dinner, I had to um, I had to leave it. But at least I know Walgreens has it now. So if I'm in a pinch and I need to, you know... If I'm out of water at home, I can run out to, to Walgreens. And you got to brush your teeth. Just go to get some white claw to, right. to Walgreens. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go down the road. First of all, we all finished. Oh, yeah. We all finished Doomsday Clock. Well, thanks that it, it helps that it finally finished, but yes. Right. Well, uh, some of us were keeping up on it. Dap, most notably, was at least trying to, to stay current with it. I heard him as they came out. Yeah, Jason and myself. I think Jason made it to three. I may, I double-checked, so I made it to... I read. I don't remember it, but apparently I read through issue five. Then <clears throat> issue 10 came out, and Dap implored us to read 10 that week, and I read it at, without reading six, seven, eight, and nine. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, waited till. A, 12 came out and then reread the entire thing over the holidays. Yeah, as did I. And uh, the consensus, forthcoming. But uh, having waited, at, I'm, I made it to issue three. And something happened, I think, in issue three that really pissed me off. And um, as I want to yeah. do sometimes, I, I went off a little bit of the deep end. And I'm like, okay, no, I'm... I'm I don't need to read this. Um, but luckily, m- Mr. Johns fixed it by the, mm-hmm. e- by the end of the series. So, I mean, it, 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 he um, redeemed himself, I guess, in my eyes because he got to play with the toys and then he put it right back exactly where he got it from. Egg- to the second, put it back mm-hmm. where he got it from. So that's fine. Um, but I thought... I, I, I think it's the best written um, thing Johns has ever done. Not in terms of narrative, 
or plot, but just the way he pushed the words around. I think it's the best written book he's ever done. He he tried to step up and get a little eloquent and get a little bit creative with the wordplay, and I think mm-hmm. structurally, the sentences that he put down on the page are very well written. Impressively so. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm quiet because I'm not, I, it's not that I necessarily disagree with you or, or I just haven't, I didn't give it that thought. I didn't try and frame it relative to his career work. So I'm just kind of thinking as you, as you're, my mind is processing this as you're, as you're speaking. Well, out. it's a very wordy series, uh, yes. 12 issues. So he had ample space to experiment. He didn't have that luxury on the flash or jsa or any of his prior works where he had to you know there were 22 pages to do something in mm-hmm. here he had 12 issues he knew where he was going and and what what he was moving around so um word count per page doomsday clock is much higher than his previous works so i'm guessing that uh i don't know if it was uh, uh a goal of his to to push the 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 wordplay up a few notches but he did i think uh when you're in the shadow of the goat you you have to try a little bit harder right because you're going to be inevitably compared to the original because you are in a sense continuing that and you're you're using um tools that alan moore previously used only himself so yeah you got to step it up and i think he did a and he did as good his job as he could have. He's not Alan Moore, let's be honest. But I don't think he embarrassed himself with this. I thought he he he's able to stand, um, and 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 not you know shirk from the 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 white light of of creative scrutiny. I think he did a good job. Hmm. Dap's being real quiet. No, he he um he he did do a good job. I I think um. Because as I was rereading it um, for tonight, uh, there are definitely things that I it was it was it was a little bit of a roller coaster for me because there were there are times where I um, where it, it, he was he was being respectful and and you know, a nod to things past and and. I was with him there, like you with issue three. I uh, wasn't really feeling it. Um, it didn't turn me off, but I was like, I'm, I want to see where this is going. But um, I, I, I wish this didn't happen. And then uh, you you get little things like, uh, again, issue 10 is still in it. And, and I probably will say it more than once tonight. But that that's still the one to beat for me this year for, for the Klosker's single best issue. Uh, or single favorite issue, and the um, so I, I love that. And, and then there were little things where it's, um, I guess, some of the not manipulations, but but the way some of the characters were presented, I didn't um, didn't really jive with me and, uh, and little things like you know the riddler's look um compared to how he looks in the rest of the dc universe right now and um and and how almost like dr Manhattan the way dr manhattan was presented as as um as if 
it, it was, I mean, I, I appreciated, um, you know, me thinking that it's, he's going to fix everything that I think, uh, is, is, is wrong. But, um, yeah, I think, I, I think from start to finish, you know, when I look at the whole thing, um, I, I am not, I am, I'm definitely not mad at, at, at what I've read. I, I think it was, um, it, it could have been something that, um, I rank up there with, with, with some of DC's greatest events, but, um, it, it, it ends up falling a little short, but overall, um, I, I think he he did a great job. I don't know. Uh, I think I'm more like Jason, where I, I don't know how I think of this in terms of, of everything else Johns has done. Um, you know, because he's still going to get props from me for, for bringing Hal back and Rebirth. Um, you know, he did a great run on Green Lantern. You guys adore his JSA. So I'm not, I, I don't know, um, maybe because this is still too new, but I don't know where... Um, this was this was a much um, grander. Um, this was a big deal, whereas you know, just bringing Hal Jordan back is just bringing Hal Jordan back. So uh, it, it's kind of apples and oranges. But I don't. I once I'm a little bit months and years removed from it, maybe I'll think differently. But I don't know if if I consider this um, his magnum opus. That it's funny you should say that because in terms of of uh, monetary gain, bringing Hal back was probably much more lucrative for DC than this thing. When, when all said and done, I mean, look how much money yeah, he generated yeah. for DC with Hal and the Green Lantern Corps and the slew of Lantern books that followed in the wake of it. That's all because of Jeff. And it hasn't gone away because... Well, it kind of has. Well, no, I'm just saying, I mean, when they brought... They got the one book two, now. They, they, right, but I'm just saying that when they didn't they didn't push all of that... Oh, nice. They didn't Jesus. push all of... I, as I push shit off my desk, they didn't push <laughs> all of that away um, like they did with Superman or Wonder Woman right. in New 52. Right, they, they right. Brought, they kept they brought the, the Hal baggage and, and yeah. Batmans as well, but yeah. You right. know I mean. There were two things I was thinking of um bringing to the table tonight one after i finished doomsday clock i said i'm gonna reread rebirth and this is when i i posed this to you guys on the slack if they do a well if when when they do the one volume collected edition of doomsday clock they better have rebirth in there because rebirth means nothing without doomsday clock well, to your point, I did, uh, after you had this conversation, I was reading something in <clears throat> kind of a postscript of it, uh, and Johns had mentioned that uh, it very much was meant to be the uh, the final chapter of, of what he called the Rebirth Initiative. Right. Because, I mean, the while you're reading Doomsday Clock and you see Wally embracing Barry, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and Barry says, I could never forget about mm-hmm. you. That is, it, it doesn't have the gravitas that you love that word that you get once you've read Rebirth, where Wally was just trying to find somebody that would remember him, and he and he goes to you know Iris and and all the people that he thought would recognize him, and nobody does, and Barry's the one that, oh my God, it's Wally, and then it yeah. clicks and it grounds him to the DC universe. You don't get that in Doomsday Clock, and I don't really think you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. So then, why put that scene in there? 
other than to just confuse the average reader that who is who wasn't in on the rebirth ground floor like that needs to be that bookend needs to be there you i think it's very satisfying within the the framework of of doomsday clock because the reason why while he's searching to get grounded plays a crucial part in what's happening right 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 he remembers the jsa nobody else does well few people do johnny thunders does but and then again the the whole thing with the thunderbolt is in rebirth the one shot and then it that plays out really big in um doomsday clock so i think there's a lot of threads within rebirth that trail through doomsday clock that they need that to be the 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 prologue of the 12 issues i think it would work really well and the button not so much i think the button was just a distraction because it doesn't it, there there was a slight touch to doomsday clock what with it's it's the comedian's button right okay so that's pretty pretty uh, crucial to the story but i don't think it had the import that wally and uh, the stuff that was in rebirth i think the doomsday clock was just another way to make money well however well it was done i don't really think it's yeah it's necessary i am really torn about this whole thing i i, I more frankly more i'm more torn about it now than had we just off the cuff discussed it the week that it came out and we had just read it um because i'm all sorts of of tormented about the idea that this what like i can hear already been saying well you just got to judge it for what it is the art's the art and, and i think if i'm just judging it for what it is it's 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 successful in parts and unsuccessful in parts as a narrative and and then and then i say well and that's the case because you have to then view it as the end cap to rebirth in the new 52 and then what's to come but then if i'm judging it that way i think in different ways it's success and a failure (laughs) so like i think if you judge it standalone there are things i think it doesn't execute well but things that are great i think if you judge it as I believe it was intended from an editorial perspective of being John's putting all the things he didn't like about the new 52 back in the right places and leaving the DC current DC crop of writers in a better spot. I think he like started off successfully, but by his own failures in terms of how long the book was delayed failed at the end, because I mean, I just don't know how to avoid the fact that this book's conclusion, which took forever to come out, literally puts things in place that don't exist in the current DC universe already because it took so long, they finally had to tap out and let guys like Bendis just do what they wanted to do. And so, like to me, that feels like an abject failure relative to what I think Johns wanted it to be. But again, I can hear in Vince's back of my head saying, but like, it's not your job to figure out what John's wanted it to be. Because a, how do I really know? And b, like, it doesn't shouldn't matter to me. And yes, so then I get back to okay, did I enjoy reading the story? I did, I did. But I, I have to be honest with you. I think as much as we were hyped about issue ten when it came out, and Dap begged us to read it that week, and we loved it. I think ten is still the far and away standout. It is, yeah. it is a diamond among a sea of, of charcoal briquettes i i think it is such an amazing that's no and i don't that's too harsh that's too harsh but but i'm saying i think issue 10 is a near perfect comic book it is i think everything 
I believe John wanted to do with the whole series. It's profound. It's 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 done in its own way. Um, it it has jaw dropping implications. But when you after you were done reading, you're thinking, "Wow, okay." But that all makes sense. It all fits into everything I think I know about the DC universe and history. Um, I thought it was brilliant, even on the second go around. But then eleven and twelve felt like an absolute post-climactic meh i i and especially because the big the 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 deck chairs that supposedly are being reshuffled in 12 are already irrelevant that that's not we don't they're already not even the way that things are so i i it's just it's really really hard for me to say if i average out my feelings on the whole thing it's kind of a an average book but there are very high highs in this, and I think very low lows. So I don't know. It's it's a it's a strange one. I, I'm really curious to think if we're God's help us around for our next decade review. If I w- what my view on this is once I've had time and distance away from it. Well, if Johns was the sole captain of the Starship DC, and could have the luxury of finishing this thing at the time or at the pace he required. Mm-hmm. then everything else would have fell in line, but that it's a double-edged sword because he's working within a fictional construct, not only of his own design, but of the design of a bunch of other people. Right. And, it, and it's a fictional construct that is in place, number two, for creative reasons, but number one, to make money. So you can't expect this universe to just sit by and wait to make money until Jeff Johns is done. I mean, in a perfect universe, okay, yeah, but that's not the way money works. So they mm-hmm. had to keep producing more books. Somebody had to write Superman. We can't wait for Jeff. Somebody, you know, and, and, uh, and Batman, somebody has to write that. Somebody has to write The Flash. All these things, uh, the Legion, yeah, we want to sell books. And here's this Bendis guy, so let him have Legion. But wait a minute. Saturn Girls and Doomsday Clock, that's not worked out yet. But sorry, Jeff. I mean, yeah, you're pretty high ranking, but you come probably second or third behind the money. Right. Maybe maybe fourth. But so um, on the one hand, I get it that you're like, this doesn't look like the DC Universe. You, you, You have to, you can and you will and you do look beyond the the what this 12-issue episode was, and you say, how does this fit into this larger continuity? Everybody does that. On the one hand, it's natural. On the other hand, I think you're doing a disservice to the 12 issues because it's a 12-issue series. Yeah, and I... I and I that you just said that. that. I, yeah, I you just said that. that. Like, it's... it's. I'm saying it is... I, it, I agree. I, I think it is... So it's, it's hard. To do it. It's an unwinnable battle. Yes. There's no right way to look at this thing. Well, the right way to... For him to have won it is to have put the book out the, on the schedule it was supposed to be put out. Sure, that would have been great because then everybody, everything would have uh, converged at the end, and we would have had a monster of a. I still think it's a monster of a story because mm-hmm. I'm not. I, I could not care less what's going on big picture DC universe. Um, I, in fact, I probably wouldn't have read this at all if it wasn't John's doing the Watchmen characters. If this was just Superman. Um, or some big 
earth-shaking DC event that brought back the JSA and the Legion. I, well, maybe the Legion. But I probably wouldn't have read it. I would have waited for a while and then, then read it somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. But the, the impetus for me to read it was the Watchmen characters. I, we love these characters. We want to see what, what, what people do with them. So I was in. And then he brought the comedian back, plucked him out of the time stream before he died. I was like, wait a minute. This is not fair. I, no, you can't do this. You can play with the characters that were alive at the end of Watchmen. The ones that were dead are dead. Don't be messing with them. But mm-hmm. he did it in a creative way where he used them to sufficient lengths and then he put them right back where he got them, which is so great. Yeah. You know, that's fine. I, I, I was just going to say, I will also say that, that uh, again, this is probably not fair, but we can suit, we are, our interpretation of things is driven by the whens and as much by the when and the how we consume them as the consumption itself. And I have to tell you that while I don't think he did a bad job per se in his depiction of Ozymandias, I think I, I can't help but in the, this is the same time frame and year that I'm reading Kieran Gillen's Peter Cannon Thunderbolt, which for my money is a way more interesting and well-executed version of that character than... Oh, sure, because it's, I, it's not beholden to an entire universe. It's just beholden to one thing. Definitely, but again, I like I don't... You know, it has been, what, uh, 20 years since I had read new Ozymandias, and now I'm getting two versions in the same 12-month period, and yeah. so I don't know how I'm not supposed to compare them. And in my mind, I'm thinking... Gillen, Gillen's Ozymandias was way more interesting. Yeah, I had a laugh, though, reading this with the memory of HBO's Watchmen so fresh in my mind. It was amazing. I haven't seen the end, so don't spoil anything. I won't, I won't. But it was amazing how close Johns got to what was going on in HBO's Watchmen, but yeah. almost like an inverse. Like he, he the Reggie as Rorschach. In mm-hmm. in Doomsday Clock is black, but Rorschach in the Watchmen HBO is used as a rallying cry for, for white supremacists. So it's yeah. it, he got in the pocket, but it was almost like he was the inverse. And with Adrian in Doomsday Clock, everybody knows what he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. and in the Watchmen, nobody knows. Well, not nobody, mm-hmm. the, the general public doesn't know that he orchestrated this horrible scheme to get everybody to, to play nice. So the focal point was still that event that Adrian orchestrated. But on, on the one hand, he was lauded for it. And on the other hand, he was he was vilified for it. So it, he was in that that narrow, narrow zone, but almost inverted, which was kind of cool to see. You know, um, I thought the obviously that the HBO Watchmen was a much more compelling story than John's Watchmen or Doomsday Clock. But the HBO people didn't have the baggage of Superman and Wally and and yeah. and, the, uh, you know, um, the Legion. So you, I got to give John's credit for doing what he did. Uh, shackled as he was because he there was an ulterior motive it wasn't just hey let's play with these watchman characters let's use dr manhattan to fix what you guys fucked up 
which is a nice, yeah. a neat way to do it, but still, it was a means to an end. Whereas HBO, The Watchmen was the end to the end. Like, they were yeah. just doing Watchmen. I, I think this suffered from John's wanting to stylistically and artistically and structurally pay homage to the original source material. Because if I recall, when we talked about the first issue, we were all very blown away by how tightly structured the first issue was to feel and look a lot like the original Watchmen in terms of its symmetry and its its nine panel grid and all that good stuff. But then, needless to say, it, it veers from that and becomes a more conventional narrative. But I still think, I mean, if there's one thing, I feel like this is like a um, like one of those Marvel Netflix shows where it'd probably be way better if you cut out a lot of the middle. Like, I think you could have taken two, three, four of the plot threads that he was trying to intertwine away, maybe done this in six to eight issues, and it would feel a lot better to me, I think. I think it was just too bloated and helter-skelter um, mm. for, for my taste. I, I think that there's a lot of there that I, I don't think needed to be there and ultimately yeah. detracted from the impact of things like issue one and issue 10. And uh, so for me, I, I could, I could have done without a lot of the, the, the middle parts. The, there were, um, and it, and, and before 12 came out, I was, I was hoping, and I'm glad I, the, the, the easy joke about, you know, Oh, it's yours watching is what, you know, I wish doomsday clock was it that there's it's, it's apples and oranges. And like you said, Vince, you don't, the people, Carlton Coos and everybody didn't have, um, the benefit of Superman, of the JSA, of the Legion, right. but there were things. Um, now, now I get you know it's twelve issues, just like the original Watchmen was. the The book is pretty much laid out with the nine panel grid, just like the original Watchmen. And there's, I, I, I get the nods and and the wanting to be a continuation, and and you know it it at, during my second read it felt to me it came across a little bit more natural. Because at first I, I was a little hesitant because it's like it's one of those things where don't you, you there's no we don't need to continue this story that was already told. So um, the fact that we we left that world because it was pretty much destroyed and end up in DC proper, which then Johns is using what he did in Rebirth um, to to move the story along. There were there were parts with. I mean, everything kind of, there are little things throughout the entire series that there are things that, you know, don't look like they're connected. Um, and then the threads just seem to be forgotten about, but, but they do, you know, cause you get like half an issue where Johnny Thunder is, 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 is in the home where everybody's carrying on because Nathaniel Dusk is on TV and it's like, okay, well that that's cool. Cause people who, who read DC in the eighties, you know, they, they know who Nathaniel Dusk is, but you know, that doesn't mean anything until we have John sitting across from Carver Coleman. And then there are little things with, um, the, the you know, Nathaniel we get... Dusk thing is the black freighter. That's, okay. That's why he no, did that. Yeah. I, and that's, and, and, and I, I, I totally get that. Um, and you know, it, it, it was great that we got a mom and marionette origin, but I don't know if that, there are parts of that 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 just seem kind of padded out to get it 
two twelve issues. I mean, not to mm. say that it, it, it's it's great to know about them and 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 they're strong characters. I think and I, I'd like them, but but then you get the whole thing with, you know, just to get them to team to meet up with the Joker because they they capture Batman, but Batman gets away and 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 it's that that so comedian can bust in and and he's a, he's after these two because they know how to get to Veet and and it's just it's so it a lot of it was cat and mouse and 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 trying to follow along but then you get and and so so that would have been you know that's that's a nifty little subplot and then you get the whole thing with the superman theory and and firestorm going yeah, exactly. crazy and yeah, and it's exactly. like it's like yeah, okay yeah. well where are we i i i i get it that you know there's even a the lot mime and, and the, in the marionette it's like i mean i like i mean what the most interesting thing about them is is when we're introduced to them i, I mean beyond yeah. that they're like a plot contrivance they're just the muscle they, mm. they really don't serve a purpose. I disagree. Wow. Okay. But at least we'll get to speak because we'll get to see them eventually. I'm guessing because they didn't go back. They 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 didn't. I mean, not that there was anything to go back to, but but Doctor Manhattan left them on in this universe on on this Earth, and um, whereas everything else was kind of put into place, but. Um, yeah, there, there were just parts of it where it's it's it did it it would have it, it could have been a lot tighter. Um, whether or not, I mean, yeah, you, you read it all at once now. Now that it's been completed, um, you know, it's like reading Camelot three thousand now or something. It's like oh, I didn't care how long it took to get out. I, I could finally sit down and read the whole thing and and mm-hmm. read this complete story. But you know, it was still published in in twelve separate chapters and and that is going to um color my feelings on it just a smidge but overall it's it's um you know i i i liked when 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 12 came out i read it i was happy to see a lot of things some of it that that continued over from issue 10 and and how important superman is but um and then and then you get the the split off with with the Earths and and the flashback back to Rebirth with Wally and Barry and but then there are other things like you know about this this future and whether or not this future may actually come to pass because it's you know if 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 this is the blueprint if, if this is the, the 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 roadmap for DC for the next however many years okay cool but you know considering they've they've rebooted a couple of times and, and they, they did 52 and then they did rebirth. I don't know. I don't know if this is just, you know, we can chalk this up as if none of this comes to pass, then it's just, you know, Dr. Manhattan thinking about other metaverses and, and, you know, mm-hmm. so it's not, I don't, they don't have to be held to what Johns has mapped out, but, you know, and then in that case, we're just thinking about things that could have been, but yeah, I, 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 I felt a lot better, after reading issue 12 than I did at the halfway point of the series, because at the halfway point, it just, it felt like I don't, I don't know how, I mean, I'm not the writer, so it's, it's easy for me to say, I don't know how this is going to come together, but it, it, it was very, it was very easy for me to lose my way because I didn't right, know. Right. So, you know, but, but I get to the end of 12 and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm content. So there you go. 
<laughs> content is not the final word on the book. I, I know. I mean, I'm glad. I, I, I am glad. You know, you, you did read it, and and you know, I, I, that's. Yeah, no, I just it's. I, I think if if you are a fan of Watchmen, if, if you're a fan of um of of you know older D pre New Fifty Two DC, I, I think there's a lot of things that there's. It it is. It is for DC fans, though. This is like the Watchmen. You could go to somebody who hasn't read comics and say, "Hey, this is this is a reason why I adore this medium so much. I think you might enjoy this because it's self-contained. You don't need to know anything else." And but with the with with, with Doomsday Clock, you kind of have to know. You, you're not going to give this to someone and say, "Hey, this is why I love comics." They're going to look at you and be like, "Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have time for this. I don't. I. It, it's. It. It can be confusing and." I'm I, and I'm fine with that as as a DC fan as as somebody who adores these characters I'm I'm okay with Doomsday Clock but mm-hmm. but it's not something you're going to it's 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 not an evergreen it's not something you're going to give to it's not New Frontier you're not going to give to somebody and say hey enjoy this because you're going to get a and that's fine if you want I'm okay with answering questions but this isn't this isn't a self-contained story that somebody's just going to sit back and enjoy and go yeah give me more of this I think right if the OG is an unassailable ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. I I would give this an eight. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I think um, the the writing is is very good. Uh, the the narrative I think is is kicking, but a lot of that eight is Gary Frank. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. He had an unenviable task of retaining his own visual voice while giving a nod to. Uh, Gibbons and yeah. I it, that them I mean the weight that must have been pressing down on him with every issue was probably you know debilitating I I don't know how anybody mm-hmm. would have would have rose to the challenge like he did I think he did a phenomenal job yeah so you go doomsday clock bada bing DC doomsday clock get it um so now the meat of the presentation we decided to throw together um, a little, well, not a little, a list of our top, which means favorite, not best, our favorite books, comics, graphic novels, whatever you have it, from the past decade. It was rough. Yes. It was rough. Um, a lot of, of switching of the deck chairs and shuffling and, and taking this out and moving this down here. Oh, that doesn't belong on there in light of this thing. It, it was, it, it took a while to, to compile the lists. And, um, uh, I think we should, uh, jump right in because remember, again, it's not best. We're not saying, you know, these are the best things that came out the past decade. These are our favorite things, which is the way we do. Yeah, I mean, on, on that point, I would say that uh, a couple of things. I, I mean, we didn't really give you, even our each with each other. We didn't really give many "quote unquote" rules. Like we right. didn't we didn't strategize beforehand about the hows or wherefores. All we agreed to was favorites and and roughly top twenty. Um, so I'll say a couple of things. I mean, as you said, Vince, uh, we can only. This is not meant to be. There are a lot of lists going around, understandably, about best of and comics of the decade and um this is not meant at least i didn't take it to me and i think you both are in the same boat to be a definitive treatise on what we think the 20 most important books are or or significant books or um the books that are 
could it be taught on some kind of curriculum about comics in 50 years? Um, if, if that was the task, I think my list would be much different, honestly. Um, like, for example, and in part and parcel with that, needless to say, but maybe maybe we need to say it. Uh, I mean, nothing on our list is going to be something we haven't read. Right. And, and so so like to that end, I mean, I think if you were to ask me to define or write a term paper on the last decade of comics, it would be a failing grade if you don't mention One Piece or Raina Telgemeier's comics. Right. I mean, I, I think they, they definitively are the most successful commercially in the world. And I think they both had a bigger impact than anything else in broadening the audience of comics. But the three of us haven't, well, you read, you've read one piece a lot, Vince, but, Mm -hmm. but, but I, I, I literally didn't start reading one piece until six months ago. I don't believe Dap has read one piece or at least very little. So we, we, it's not going to be on our list. Maybe it's on your list, Vince, actually, I shouldn't say, but, but for me, that's not on my list. And then Rega Telgemeier, again, I, I have no doubt that she is among the, if not the most important comic book creator of the last decade, but I have not read her works and I plan on remedying that this year, actually, because I do think she is so uh, impactful that I want to see what's doing, even though I'm not, I'm pretty sure I'm not her target uh, audience. But again, I'm, you're not going to find a Raina Telgemeier book on my list because I haven't read them. So, I mean, right. I, you know, and there's other books that I think would be on a lot of people's lists, like, um, like Unbeatable Squirrel Girl is on every one of these best of decade lists, but I don't think if any of us have read an issue of it, right? Like I don't, I mean, I haven't. I don't no, think you guys have. Right? I haven't. No. Yeah. I I, I w- avoided thinking in terms of um, influential or impor- yeah, no, important. Yeah, well, no, that's my point. I mean, I, I I think that would be a very reasonable approach to something like this, but that is not the approach we've taken. No, and that that kind of using words like that implies that you have seen the effects said work has had on the display of time in its wake, right? Uh, that doesn't concern me. Uh, the, these are right. just, as far as our little lenses are concerned, what books managed to illuminate our minds in the past decade? Yes. This, my, I, I approach it as, because um, even when we get to our, um, everyone gets a trophy, honorable mention section, we're going to have, these are the books that I picked as my favorites are books that I would I've I've read over the I've reread and I'll continue to reread. I, I, I or I'll double dip on things that I mm-hmm. I absolutely because when I think of favorite, that's that that's what it means to me. I, it's mm-hmm. it's not. I mean, yes, these there are people who would say, oh, you know, my, my, my favorite run of the year was uh, or, or the decade is. You know, Tom's Batman or Snyder's Batman or something. You know, certain things that you would expect people to say when they're when they're compiling a list of important works or or, or works that that meant something for the mm-hmm. decade. But but this is yeah, which is again why we are enforcing the favorite and not the best. Ours is this is not the fun. These are just these are twenty books that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Over the past ten years, yeah, and I, and one other, one last caveat, uh, and again, I don't know if you guys, you maybe you approached it totally differently, but for me, I really thought long and hard about including comic runs that, in my opinion, weren't the vast majority done in this decade. Meaning, like I'll be specific, I like you guys know, and and if you listen to our early years, I I, I think Scalped is one of the best comics 
possible. Like it's one of my favorite comic runs of all time, period. End of story. But I, I can't in good conscience have it on my list because it started in 2007 and ended in early 2012. Yeah. So I view it as a as a comic of the last decade, the, the, the decade prior. Yeah, I so only just how, hmm? I have one on my list, a multi volume. Okay. Yeah, no, and again, like I, there there is no there there's no right or wrong there. I'm just saying the way I approach it is like 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 Lock and Key came out about two thirds pre 2010, and then the final two volumes of the six came out in this decade. For me, that means I can't include Lock and Key. Because okay. like more, more more than half of it was in the prior decade, so I'm, yeah. I'm not going to put that in there. I'm not going to put yeah. uh, Umbrella Academy for the same reason. I mean, again, all all three of those. If you were to tell me what's the twenty favorite books of the since we started the show, well, all three of those books would be on my top twenty. Yeah, but, I I approached it the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, like I said, I looked at the dates for a lot yeah. of stuff, and I was surprised that some of them did. Start definitely pre pre twenty ten, but I'm like, okay, only the first volume of this came out in two thousand nine. Everything yeah. else, the the remaining five, well, that's okay. Yeah, that's so that. Yeah. that was all right. Then I put it on my list. Like yeah. like I know Vince. I mean, for you, it's one of your all time favorites. Me too. Fables, but you know, Fables was more the decade prior. Sure, yeah, it ended this decade, but I mean, it was most of its run was in the prior decade. So right. I, I'm like, well, that doesn't count, right? And and um, even, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, one that was actually very high on my list when we, like, when I did my first pass and now isn't even on it is Walking Dead. Because, and I don't, again, if it's on your guys' list, that's fine. But for me, I, I took it off because I thought, you know what? Again, it's like you said, Vince, once, you, once I checked the dates. Now, Walking Dead clearly could be on your list because it, it, it was in print. It was being published the entirety of this decade, right? It just, it ended, what, three months ago? So, so for the entire decade, it was coming out. So absolutely could be included. But then I thought about it. It started in 2003. And that, at least for me, that first part of the exactly is, yeah. is when Walking Dead was a comic phenomenon, when we all were talking about it for the story. I mean, I think this decade, The Walking Dead as a IP, nothing's bigger. Like, period, end of story. Nothing's bigger. I mean, the show... The, the 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 ubiquity of every human being walking the earth knowing what the walking dead is now but in terms of like the comic for me the comic was at its best by far in the prior decade i agree so yeah all right so let's get this ball rolling because we got a, a long a lot of ground yeah. to cover. we have 20 slots and you guys apparently yeah so i had just full disclosure i had i have a bunch of honorable mentions which we can get to later but i i did rank one through 20 but it sounds like you both just just have twenty without a numerical value, uh, ranking system. I have a number one, and then okay. everything else. Dap, do you think you could have a number one of your twenty, so we could all just yes. go? Okay, so we could all just do our twenty with no numbers, and then we'll save our top yeah. favorite book each for number our number ones. That's fine. Cool. Who who wants to start? Okay, I will start okay. with. Um, a book that should surprise no one. Alan Moore, Jason Burroughs, <laughs> Neonomicon. Yeah. Uh, the uh, story of the uh, star-crossed Agent Breers and her path to giving birth to baby Cthulhu. Um, yes, it's tied to the courtyard, and it's tied to something else that came later. 
but as a four-issue series, I thought it was masterful. It's disturbing in all the right ways. Uh, it's Alan Moore playing with the Cthulhu mythos, and I if if it's one of those books that when I sat down to do this twenty top twenty list of my favorite books from the past decade, it was one of the obvious choices. I I know it turns a lot of people. Um, in terms of its graphic violence and sexuality, but that just attracts me to it all the more. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's it's not my number 19 or my number 20. It's just one of my choices. It's uh, Neonomicon by Alan Moore and Jason Burroughs from Avatar. And that's why I love this. And that's why I'm super excited that we uh, we we didn't the three of us didn't have any pregame on this. We didn't we didn't collaborate riff. And I love that because I'm genuinely curious to see of the 60 slots we have, how many duplicates there are. Because I, I enjoyed Neonomicon quite a bit, but it was not even... I, I have a list of... a long list of honorable mentions that wasn't on there. And again, I... You know, one thing I... Like, I'm sure you guys felt the same. First of all, we've been doing the show a long-ass time. <laughs> Second of all, um, we have talked about a lot of comics. Yep. Third of all, we have read an insane number of comics. And fourth of all... There have been a lot of amazingly badass comics, like pretty much ever, forever. But but in the time we've done the show, like I I was actually heartened and re-energized revisiting a lot of the stuff, particularly in the earlier part of the decade. That that I thought, oh yeah, that's right. Oh, because I mean, there just have been so many good comics that we have had the pleasure of reading and discussing. Yep, yep. And again, it's favorite. So. Seriously, I'm not going to pick a Lovecraft-inspired book written by Alan Moore. I mean, it's in the pocket. Of course. Yeah, it, it, that was when when I initially when I threw a bunch of titles in one note and then started whittling them down. Um, Neonomicon was on there. I mean, because especially because it and it tied in because uh, we read Providence as well. But yeah, that was um, it. It didn't make it into my final twenty, but I, I had a real strong feeling it would have made it on yours, Vince. Go ahead, Dad. Um, I will kick this off with. Uh, I believe this is the only Brubaker and Phillips mention. Uh, the fade out. It was twelve issues that really kind of just tickled my fancy. It, it, it was set in Hollywood's early days. Um, it was a complete story by these two, unlike Criminal, which started before we started doing the show and and, is, and, and recently uh, came back. But And, and, and there, were, there were a few things here and there throughout the decade related to Criminal, especially things like Savage Sword. But um, I didn't feel right putting Criminal on the list and uh, the fade out is just something that, like I said, I, I can see me going back and and if I if I do see the um, the hardcover at at Heroes, I'll, I'll scoop it up. But it's it's something that uh, yeah, I read it. It was coming out. Vince and I chatted it up. Um, both enjoyed it. I, I really really enjoyed it. That you can uh, definitely look up old episodes. And again, these are things. Everything we're mentioning here, you'll be able to search um, and and. We've talked about it over the years, so um, the fade out just was one of those things where, as I was putting my list together, it just it 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 kind of made sense. It just fit. So, uh, can I interject before Jason goes? Mm-hmm. That's my number one. 
Get the fuck oh out of here. God. You're number one? I yep. never would have guessed Holy that, dude. Shit. That's my number one. I it, am absolutely gobsmacked. Same. A, con- a self-contained series by what I consider the two best guys making comics <laughs> for the decade. That is incredible, though. I, I love never you. would have figured you for a... No, I love it. That, that combines Hollywood, corruption. There's an occult uh. angle to it. Um, I'm gonna hug you so hard. What did you do to that thing? You look like a little girl. That line. Yes. There, what did you oh. say? A li- that, you look like a little baby. That that <laughs> line alone. I I thought the fade out was the best thing from the past decade. That is awesome. Wow. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I I'm I'm floored now. I, I will say that it was in my honorable mentions. It was not in my top twenty. But uh, I absolutely adore it. I think it's great. No, I think it's great too. I mean, to be clear, I view my honorable mentions as meaning it was pretty fucking dope because, uh, you know, there were there were thousands of things to choose from. Fantastic! Wow, I jeez, <laughs> talk about Vince's uh, number done. one being under. Ba- I buried the lead. Sorry. <laughs> God damn. Okay. Um, all right. Well, since um, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go in order, like because I did the order. Sure. Um, but uh, so my number twenty was uh, Boxers and Saints by Gene uh, Lu and Yang. Um, I, I've one thing I noticed as I was combining my list that a lot of the things that that resonate the most to me were not just stories I remembered, but also um, craft, like things about the craft of the book themselves. And for those that may not remember or didn't read it, Boxers and Saints, uh, which is my first second, was a, a, a pair of books, um, parallel volumes that follow two uh, two people, a man and a woman, during the Boxer Rebellion in China. Um, boxers is about, uh, a, a, a kid from Shandong named Little Bao and Saints is about, uh, a woman named, uh, Vibiana. Um, and, and she's basically trying to be like Joan of Arc and, and each book reads as its own as a standalone graphic novel, but, uh, they overlap as you might imagine at the end, but you see it from each of their perspectives. And, uh, I thought it was just almost perfect in its, execution and um uh yeah so for sure I, I i could not have that on my list so boxers and saints sweet fantastic awesome my turn again huh yeah yeah well my... i just want to go serpentine i don't know if you want to do it that way or... oh that's fine if you want to go again yeah let's do serpentine I like okay that. so my number 19 was american vampire okay. uh, by, by scott snyder and rafa albuquerque um, I'm sure longtime listeners remember I was hella into this book when it was coming out. Very much uh, also into the original art from this book. Uh, love Raphael Albuquerque's work. Just a, a I thought of ex- excellently well done story of the ages that uh, had a, a badass series of 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 main characters, including a true protagonist in Daisy and an uh, and an antagonist in in in. Uh, in Stringer and and I just uh, I, I loved I, I just I loved it from start to finish and uh, there were some also other people involved like like Sean Murphy did a, a mini series and the like but but for the main for the main the main for the most part it was Snyder and Albuquerque and uh, uh, and uh, yeah de- definitely one of my favorite uh, certainly my favorite of the um, quote unquote modern Vertigo series excellent uh, for me my next one will be. Um... A series that I enjoyed when it was coming out, was sad when it went away, 
Um, own two pages from it, and that is Umbral. It was, uh, yeah, it's... Who wrote uh, that? That was uh, Anthony Johnston and Christopher Mitten. Mitten, right? Yeah, yep. so the team from Wasteland, yeah. Yep. Uh, which, which is, you know, was pretty much a, an, an order. That was a reason for me to check it out because I enjoyed what they were doing there. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those. It, it was, uh, it was an image book from earlier in a decade that I just, I, I don't know what it was. I, I, I like Mitten style and, and I was digging the characters. Um, it was an easy story to get into. And I, I, um, I was, I was close to gutted when, when, uh, when they had to, pump the brakes but um yeah it's it's definitely something of those first few issues i can um I, I can have a good time with again and it's it this is one of those that that are also on my list because because i miss them and, and i don't um we there are plenty of books that that get canceled or end and and you know everybody moves on but but this was um this i, f- I think felt like a labor of love from the creators as well but yeah i um i enjoyed it a lot I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll revisit it, but, um, but it was absolutely one of my favorites of the decade. It was a good one. Really was. My next one is the spiritual and thematic successor to Neonomicon. <laughs> absolutely hated the book. Uh, the first maybe six, seven issues, uh, I thought it was just a, a a Lovecraft of the issue riff. Like, let's just take a a note, noteworthy Lovecraft story and play it out with this Robert Black character and uh, Alan Moore doing what he does. He takes other people's stuff and makes it better. But when you're 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 taking the stuff of of H.P. Lovecraft, the chances of making it better are very 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 slim. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was a little bit put off with this. Uh, at first, but I was nudged uh, to give it a second chance, and uh, conveniently so, it was in light of the last couple issues coming out, and um, it's uh, it's it's odd because it uh, it takes Lovecraft's xenophobia and flips it on its on its end because Robert Black is a is a homosexual man in New York City, and he's on the trail of these occult outsiders. And he's trying to understand and uh, detail the the workings of this shadowy subsect of of, of humanity. In in a sense, he's trying to come to terms with his own homosexuality. But mm-hmm. within within the Lovecraft framework, um, Alan Moore takes it to its conclusion and just rewrites reality. Basically, the end mm-hmm. is is life, the universe, and everything. I mean, to put it in in hitchhiker's terms. Uh, which is my man right there. Which is Alan's. It's that's his talent. That's what he does. He he takes this nugget and and sticks it to the firmament and shows you how it relates to virtually everything else in mm-hmm. in existence. And um, you know, I, at the end, I was blown away. But it it took some doing to get there. But in terms of content, the story illustrated by Jason Burroughs, you had the his um his di- uh, uh, Black's diary in the back, which would take at least a half hour to read and just the whole package working within the, again, the Cthulhu mythos. And it was, uh, every, it was even more, I think, uh, explicit than Neonomicon, but, uh, one man's 
struggle to accept not only who he is within the confines of our reality, but understand things that are beyond our reality too. It's just a, I think it's a magnificent series and it's uh, published by Avatar and it's Providence 12 issue series. Right on. Yep. Uh, Again, again, we'll surprise no one. Yeah. Um, this is another one that, um, based on the subject matter, it's one of those things that, you know, it's might be weird to call it a favorite, but I was absolutely, and, and, and I know Vince was too, um, it, it, it looked amazing, and, and the story really struck a chord with me, but um, God Country by Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw was... It's a good um, one, yeah. It's, it's I mean, wow. I, they, they, I, it's, like I said, it, it's not, not necessarily, the subject matter may not necessarily be uplifting, but it's, um, it's, it's a story that I think people can... And and I'm saying enjoy in quotes. Um, if they have to deal with something, if 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 they're going through things that the characters in this book are going through, um, it it might make things a little little easier just because other people have. Um, you're not alone, and and uh, it's it sucks seeing loved ones deteriorate, and um, and and this was this was a. Uh, a little bit on the fantastical, but um, Donnie's words and and Jeff's images uh, worked really well together and and told one hell of a story. Um, and and I know that uh, you know it was talked up when it was coming out, and it's not it's not necessarily a book that that might be on many people's um, tips of their tongues. But when when uh, yeah when 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 I think about you know. I think there were a couple times this decade where image we, we, we felt image came out strong with, with a bunch of number ones and, and where there was like things like bitch planet and, and it just, there was a good, good stretch where they got a bunch of first issues out and, and st- the titles were really strong out the gate. And then there were, you know, maybe, maybe there was a few months where things were kind of just on a lull and then, came right back where it's like, yo, check out these new number ones and we would get the previews and be like, yo, that that's dope. But yeah, God country from, from start to finish. And, and I didn't, you know, it's, it, part of me was a little bummed to know it was ending, but, um, it, it kind of had to, it's, it's, a, I think it's six issues, but it's, it's, it's a mini series that, um, is, is absolutely, um, it's not the only Donnie book on my list, but it's, it's, this is the one where I kind of was just like, I, I got to definitely the first one had me notice him, but it was with, with God country. I was like, I'll, I'll be checking out whatever he's doing from here on out. So God country is absolutely um, a book. I'm not going to forget from this decade. Yeah. It hit hard for me too, because if I could give my mom a magic sword to, to take her back from the, the realm of, of, um, Alzheimer's, uh, I I would go to to hell and back to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right, yeah, right. It's it, it's it's a neat little story. Yeah, it re- resonated, especially you know if you if you like like Dap said, if you have someone who has suffered with similar things, and you you know be that as it may. But yeah, it's a yeah. great this is a great series. Hmm. Uh, next up for me is uh, a series of graphic novels. Uh, the, the first didn't come out in this decade, but the majority did, so I included it. 
uh, and I'm happy to have done so. And that are the uh, Parker books by Darwin Cook. Uh, and if I have to pick one, I'll, I'll say Parker the Outfit. But uh, again, most of them came out this decade, so I kind of view them in total as its own as a collective. Um, but probably don't need to go into much detail there. I'm sure it would be on a lot of people's lists. It's, you know, these are Darwin's passion projects. His his uh, I mean, as it turned out, you know, largely. I think a lot of us thought we'd have another few decades of, of Darwin work. We didn't get that because he passed this decade, but uh, but but certainly will will be the books that I think he's most remembered for, uh, just because it was such a personal thing for him, and uh, and I thought just masterfully executed both uh, as adapt, as a, as adaptations of the source material and also visually just stunning. I mean, we we did deep dives on each and every one of these as they came out, and yep. uh, deservedly so. So that. Um we have overlap that that is on my list. Okay. Uh, and yeah, the outfit from, from this decade, at least would probably be, um, my go-to. I, I did have, um, I wasn't sure. I mean, yes, it, it the first volume, the, 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 the finally that, that came out and I think Oh nine, but, um, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, you know, all the rest, um, yeah, from, from after the hunter, you had, you had the outfit, the score and then, and finally mm-hmm. slay ground. And, um, yeah, they they were they were passion projects. They were absolutely stunning. Um, I, I I I am sad that uh, he's no longer with us. But yeah, Parker is um is is one of my favorite uh, series from from this decade. So nice. Yeah, I'd be, I would have been surprised if we weren't overlapping on that. I don't stuff. see an actual. Whoa! What is that? <laughs> that was uh, that that was Siri button. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. Hi, Siri. Uh-huh. So, Jason, you go again then, right? Oh, sure. Yes, that's right. Uh, sorry. Um, okay, one that uh, I don't know if this is on Vince's list, but I, I would think it's probably was close to being on it if it wasn't. Uh, and that is the art of Charlie Chan Hock Chi. Bingo by Sonny Liu. Shit, um, yeah, it's on my list. I mean, again, a similar theme here, right? About craft. I mean, this book is all about the craft. Um, for for those that don't remember us talking about it, it came out in 2015. Um, initially, and then I think we probably talked about it in 16 when Pantheon put it out. But, but it is a fictional, completely made-up narrative of a of a uh, Singapore-based car- uh, cartoonist, Charlie Chan Hock Chi, and it's supposed to be a bio book of him and him talking about his career. And you see just dozens and dozens of different types of art stylings, ranging from from uh, realistic uh, fo- photography to uh, to to you know, chibi-esque cartooning to graphic design. And it is all done by Sonny uh, in the service of telling this fictional person's story uh, as a way to essentially encapsulate um, 80 plus years of, of, uh, of, of, of Asian political overture. And it's just, it is a, it is a masterpiece on all levels that he could have pulled all this from his mind and, uh, you could read this off the shelf and just think like, oh, this is an interesting guy I didn't know anything about and have <laughs> no idea that he made up the guy. Yeah. Uh, and that is just an absolute, just incredible accomplishment. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I look at it like um, Zappa's Hot Rats. Um, and that, I know that you have no context for that. I was going to say, I don't know how to But it, it's a virtuoso performance spanning a number of different styles of, um, in this case, comics where you have stuff that looks weathered and old and uh, of a particular time frame and then 
uh, newer contemporary cartooning based on this framework that's totally fictional, but you're led to believe that this person was actually alive and and made these things and and worked in these very different styles. And Hot Rats is like that. There, it's a multi-style mm-hmm. collection of, of songs by one person, all virtuoso performances, each one different but magnificently orchestrated and conducted and played and it's just it, it uh, charlie chan hock chi is completely mesmerizing he from page one he has you in the palm of his hand and he just manipulates the hell out of you and it's a beautiful beautiful thing i i, I really wanted to make that number one but uh, phillips and brubaker got some kind of hold on no me. nice i, I mean i'm stoked that it was on your list too though so that's great yeah so that oh. is you just to do two yeah, yeah, I just did two the Parker books and, and Charlie Change on. So is it me now or is it that? Uh you know what? You you go ahead since I already said since I I, uh, I was with him on, on Parker. I did Oh, oh right, uh, right. I, I knew that you two were gonna um I knew at least one of you. I was happy to see both of you um picked uh picked I think that was probably so. one of the first that went on the list when I started just writing stuff down. I, it was it just was it came to mind almost immediately. So Yeah. 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 All one. right, I got another one. Mm-hmm. Again, I I got to play to my my heart. Um, mm-hmm. I went with Coda by Cy Spurrier oh, and okay. Matthias Bergara. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. just it won me over. I think it's an incredible series. John O'Neill um, is pumping his fist somewhere. Yeah, it's uh, in terms of the visuals, it, it's great. There's a ton of heart in it. Uh, there's a very satisfying conclusion to it, and it's set in the fan- fantasy realm. Mm-hmm. So you get different creatures and organisms that have their own culture and 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 uh, customs and I, I just thought it was amazing we need more of that kind of stuff these days and it seems like mm-hmm. fantasy books are popping up more and more i think we, they're making a comeback yeah. yeah which is great uh so i went with coda and i also um again jaws will not hit the floor uh jaime hernandez's love bunglers from 2014 which I think to date is his crowning achievement. And that's saying a lot right, when, you, that, when yeah. you're, you're talking Jaime Hernandez. Uh, self-contained, but had you not read a good chunk of, of Jaime's uh, Locas stories, this book would mean nothing to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's set within his uh, area of the Love and Rockets firmament and uh it's it's a wonderful heartfelt beautiful amazing story that centers on maggie and um ray and reno and it's just it it, it's an emotional tale which you know it's odd for me to go with something that that plays to the heart but when it's detailed by one of comics finest um delineators uh, focusing on a character who has been with me for decades, Maggie, right? You know, uh, it's. I think it's amazing. I, I don't have enough time in this little snippet to tell you what this book means to me as not only a Love and Rockets fan, but as a, a fan of sequential art. It's uh, it's it's amazing. Um, Love Bunglers. Yep. Fantastic. Uh, I decided to throw something a little on the more recent side uh an anthology that um i i'm just glad to have anthologies uh and um something i think i'd like to do a deep dive of eventually just i mean just just kind of 
talk about the past few, but uh, Fantagraphics now is uh, wow. is is yeah, that's I mean, awesome. It's, it's, it's an anthology, man. I just yeah. I I and and it's it's got some some top notch talent, but uh, yeah, I think um, I, I this one's more of a. Um, just pulling on my heartstrings more than just me saying, you know, yeah, you'll I, this. I'm, I'm happy it exists, and and it's, uh, it's, yeah. I, I, I there are a couple of things that it it knocked out to make the list, um, mm-hmm. which you know some people probably be like that that makes zero sense, but that's why it's my favorite list and not yours. That's right. The the price is increasing, but that's okay. But uh, Eric Reynolds doesn't shiv. There, yeah, that there, wasn't on your list, though, right, Vince? Because I'm just keeping track. It, it was close, but no, it, it, it didn't no. make my list. Yeah, and okay. uh, um, there are there's stuff within the pages of now that's like, in hindsight, you look at anything. What the hell were you thinking putting this in here? But um, it Reynolds and company take risks, and that's why it's a mm-hmm. it, it's a cutting edge, vital anthology. I agree with yeah. that. But it should be on a lot of lists. Um, just, uh, this all, this all is off the cuff, but I, that bring up an anthology and discussion about it makes me think that I'm glad it happened this way because I did, before we signed off today, want to give a toast and a shout out to a lot of our very good friends, uh, probably, I guess, led, if you will, by Mr. John Westoff and Slurmo and Ray Wagner and, and all the guys, uh, and gals over there that, uh, Kingbone Press has yep. ended their existence uh, at the start of this year. And uh, I think many of you listening know that uh, Kingbone is a comic consortium of, of, of independent creators that came together really in no small part because of, of having met through our show and our, our message boards. And they also were the creative backbone to uh, our two uh, well, two anthologies that were inspired by our, our show and our community uh, back in the day. And uh, so just a, a quick raise of our cap to, to all the, the good, awesome folks at Kingbone Press, who, who are all still creating their own comics, thankfully, yeah. but just not under the, the, the KBP imprint anymore. So. Well, that, that's the thing. Kingbone Press was the caterpillar. What comes next is the butterflies. There you go. Yeah. So am I up? I think I'm up. Yeah. Is that? Yes. Okay. Um. So uh, next up on my list is, uh, and I just I'm gonna have to omnibus it here. It's just Jason Aaron's Thor run, ah. pr- primarily with Russell Dalderman on art. I mean, again, there were other artists, Esad Ribic being one that also had a heavy hand in in it. But but I mean, when I think of the run, especially ten twenty years from now, I will largely think of Russell Dalderman's contributions because I think he was the but 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 it, it it could easily be Jason Aaron and various artists. I just I don't want to give Russell short shrift though. So, um, I mean, you know, if you had told me when we started the show twelve plus years ago or whatever, I, I that there would want someday be a Thor run that rivals Walt Simonson's in my heart, I'd say you were out of your fucking mind. Um, and you know, only I need the passage of time to tell me whether Jason's run I will remember it more fondly than. Waltz, it's too it's it's too new for me to really say objectively whether that's the case or not. But but it is absolutely, I think, both creatively and um, from a a, a, a long, uh, like a longevity perspective, worthy of being compared to Waltz run, and that is a hell of a triumph. So um, and it just wrapped up in essence with King Thor. But man, I, I think it was just fantastic, and 
and, and it was creative. It, it, it while we didn't get a frog and we didn't get a alien wielding the hammer, we did get Jane Foster wielding the hammer while also dying of cancer, and um, uh, we got different time shifts of Thor fighting for. For, for together and and, it, and I just thought it was incredibly creative and well executed and uh, and easily as I look upon it, it was easily one of my favorite Marvel uh, runs of the decade. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely agree so much that uh, it is on my list and right. it's um, yeah. I mean, going back to uh, God of Thunder, like you said, with um, kicking it off with Rivik and and those are some solid. I think like eighteen issues. Um, he even was able to manage um, the tie-in to Secret Wars with Thor's, which mm-hmm. ended mm-hmm. up playing out later on. And yep. then um, you know, yeah, we had um, we had the Mighty Thor, we had uh, Thor, and um, they threw in the uh, the Unworthy because. What else is Odinson going to do while while he ain't got no hammer? So no, and and that was beautifully illustrated um, by uh, Quapel. It, it's um, yeah, it it was a uh, it's it's been a hell of a run, and and I it's it's one that I'm at least double dipping on because I'm I'm getting the uh, the complete collection trades as they're coming out. I think the second one was recently solicited, so that'll be joining the first on the shelf. Um, it is definitely it's it's nice to have a a writer come on to do a character um do his own thing while still being able to have that character play in the larger sandbox but um leave his mark on it and and just see it through from start to finish I mean, you could say yeah you could look at frank miller's daredevil but you know as as great as it was when it started and, and there was a huge gap before he came back and, and did born again. So yeah, it's all Frank's work, but mm-hmm. he, he didn't get to see it completely uh, from when he started to when he finished. And um, yeah, there, there are things like Walt where at least Walt wrote and drew Thor to start and, and then had um, had Sal and, and a few others come in and, and, and draw it as, as it went on. Um, but he still got to tell his story. It's yeah. Jason's run is is absolutely not not just one of um, the best runs of of this decade, but but one of the the best Marvel runs um, I, I I think to date. So yeah, it definitely it, it's on my list. And now Vince can go. Is that the first uh, three P Vince, or is it not on yours? Not on my list. No. Okay. Okay. No. Uh, now we're getting into maybe some surprise territory. Okay. Because uh Well, my, you already floored me with fade out. I don't think it, I mean <laughs> not that it's on your list, but that was number one. I mean I, Right, yeah. It's yeah. very very special to me. Mm-hmm. I love it. So next up I have a book that was uh originally released online and it was one massive image that you had to scroll top to bottom. And uh it it wasn't difficult to read, but it was a novel experience. More so in the printed edition, where um, the the uh, sides of the the paper were inked, the cover has metallics on it. it. It's a different form factor because the story is is really messed up and different and cutting edge. And it's about a a plant that when in when smoked 
uh, instills telepathic powers within the uh, the person that ingests it, and it takes place in the, the little town of Boney Boro. Um, I believe I was the only one of us who've read this. Uh, it's Dash Shaw's Body World. Bro. Did you read it? Of course <laughs> I read it. All right, so I'm not the only one it's of us. It's not on my list, though, but, but yeah, of course I read it, yeah. And, it, and just the, the population of Boney Boro is littered with alliterative names. Uh, Billy Borg. Uh, you got Professor Polly Panther, this botanist who goes there and he finds his plan. But it, it's more of it's a story about human relations that are made uh, even more intimate and explicit by the use of this plant. Like people swap minds and they can they can they're in another human being's uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, soul or, or or essence and they can understand and experience what they feel and it's just i think it's an amazing book but um not only because of the the the, uh, the story but the way it was presented in dashaw's amazing uh gift for um left field representation of of somewhat mundane events but yeah body world and then uh this I don't know if this is going to surprise anybody because um, when I tell you the, the list of creators, you're going to know immediately what I'm talking about. Uh, Brandon Graham, Simon Roy, Farrell Dalrymple, <laughs> Giannis, Milo No Giannis. I would be extremely um, in the black if I did, or in the red, if I did not put profit on my best of the decade because I absolutely no adore, surprise. Thanks. I absolutely adored it. Um, hard, rock hard SF. Like this is not um, Star Wars, where it's just a space opera. This is hard science fiction, completely immersive world. I don't give a shit if Brandon likes the term or not, but it's world building at its absolute, <laughs> absolute finest. Every little device is is shown and detailed, and we know what it does, and and it, it we know how it relates to other things and the flora and the fauna are completely alien but they're believable because graham and company infuse this story with um very high levels of believability they thought this thing out you know uh you have a a train of organisms that the 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 head organism in the train shits and everything else in the train like like this alien human centipede eats the shit from this thing that's and that sustains this this quote organic vehicle and it's just it's amazing it's an amazing work and um uh in, in just in terms of scope i don't think too many things came close to profit in ambition and presentation and just immersive depth to the to the worlds therein so that's why i had to give it the nod yeah yeah profit's incredible it was in consideration for me, yeah, for sure. All right. You go again. I go again. I just did well, two. No, no, yeah. Oh, you did two. I'm yeah. sorry. Keep count. Okay, yeah, that's uh, right. We've that's got right. eight. We've got eight from Vince so far. Six from you, and uh, five from me. So Vince is all good. Now, does does that six include the two we the the Parker and the Thor for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, okay, yeah, I'm just okay. going by and like if we concur, then I, I'm counting that as well. Uh, yeah, uh, as we're we going, 20, right? So, so yeah, yeah, as we're going, I have my list in in uh, OneNote, and I'm changing right. so changing the color of yes, each correct. one as we go along. I'm like we do, but yeah, no, I, I, oh, I, I don't do strike throughs. They're dirty. Okay, no, 
but I figured you'd like that. No. Um, one that uh, I, I expect many people to have this on, on their list. Um, I have been hard over which one to kind of pick, but but in the end, it um, I, I had to go with Tom's and Mitch's Mr. Miracle. Um, Tom had a pretty good decade, but uh, there's just something about Mr. Miracle, and, and this is someone who hasn't um, witnessed the miracle that it is, it is the birth of a child, uh, at least his own, and, and so I don't have the connection. My brothers do really with, with the the fatherly um, family aspect of it, but as far mm-hmm. as the story goes between these two people who who um, who love each other and 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 this 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 man who um, well the, he's just got a lot of shit on his plate. Uh, it it looks amazing. It it's a fantastic story from start to finish. Um, I I love the look of it. It's it really it's we we can probably talk about Tom's writing on um on the vision or on batman but i i for me mr miracle truly is a a complete collaborative effort between writer and artist there's there's um i i don't think it would work without either of them and and it, it would just be a completely different thing and it wouldn't be as good um i just i i, I am not the hugest fourth world fan but it's i i i've become a bigger fan of mr miracle thanks to giffen and Mateus putting him in the justice league and i i appreciate the character uh but you know he he wasn't one note but it was just it was one of those things where you know i just i you know it's mr miracle it's like when dead man shows up so it's to, to have tom do something with this character in in this in this world that's so much bigger than the character. Um, yeah, I just I whenever issue came out, I had to read it. The hardcover looks fantastic on the shelf. It's it's uh, it is one of my favorite things I think Tom has done, and I've I've enjoyed everything he's done. Um, but yeah, it's it's the, the 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 work he and Mitch did in this story was was absolutely breathtaking i i um it's i'm just reading things off as they are on my list but it it's definitely one that would be closer to to the top um of this 20 but it was hands down one of my favorite things from the decade mm-hmm. is it on your list Vince? it is not okay it's number three online okay so uh i i just i won't go much beyond what dap said i mean it is it is it is my favorite DC story of the decade. It is my favorite superhero story of the decade. Mm. Uh, and uh, I think there's a reason why they collectively won four Eisners for it. Um, it's amazing. Um, so I'm up. Um, I'm going to keep with the superhero theme. Uh, this is uh, my number 15 is uncanny X-Force by Rick Remender and friends. Nice. Um, you know, people may, because of recency bias, be, be thinking or waiting or wondering if, if Hoxpox is on any of our lists. I don't know if it's on my booze list. It's not on mine just because I adored it. Don't get me wrong, uh, but it's brand new. And I will probably judge Hoxpox in a few years by what comes after it. Um, 
but but I I I don't ascribe to the narrative that this decade was a wasteland for mutants. I I, I think there were definitely a lot of of unmemorable um, or forgettable runs, uh, but but Uncanny X Force was magical, and it is illustrative of basically. I mean, the reason I think Rick is one of my favorite writers, and I I like almost all, if not all of the things he does is because he is basically, he has the same interests comic wise that I do. So if I were, if I were a good comic writer and famous or a comic writer, I would make Rick Remender comics. He just seems to make comics that he wants to make. And they just seem to overlap the kind of comics I like to read. So, um, I thought this was dope as fuck. It's also, in my opinion, the best representation ever of my boy Phantom X. And one of the big reasons why I am a big fan and collect artwork of him. Um, I think it's the coolest representation of the uh, horsemen of the apocalypse that we've seen since they came about. And there have been a lot of iterations of that. Um, I just thought it was it's you can read it. You can read it on its own, having no prior history of of the X universe and it's it works, but if you are nostalgic for the Halcyon times of those those characters, it also plays very well with that and does it justice. So had to be on my list. Yeah, it had to be. It's not surprising. Uh, you, you no, be no. Surprised by that. no, 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 no. So is that your two? Yeah, daps up. Yep. Oh, go dap. Um, this this was one that um. When I think about what um, what made me smile during the decade, uh, it's kind of weird to say that it would make me smile, but it absolutely looked fantastic. Um, first series, the stronger of the two, because there was a sequel. I ordered the library hardcover edition last month, and that is Lady Killer by uh, Joel Jones and um, and Jimmy S. Rich. It's yeah, it it's um it's it's a period piece of a woman who is a housewife by day and um and and a uh well pretty much a, a paid assassin at night. Um and yeah, I, I just every page for me I, I, I just would stare and, and look at. Um Joel's a fantastic illustrator. Um and the fact that the lead is a uh, very fetching woman um, doesn't hurt, but yeah, it 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 was it was a lot of fun. It was quirky. It it, it was uh, it was clever, um, but uh, there there was a sequel. I was happy to see, and it um, it was which is which she wrote and drew it, and it uh, felt just like the before. Uh, but it was it it was it, it it's weird. It may it it, it came close. There were some fights between this one and some of the honorable mentions, but uh, yeah, yeah, like I said, it, it when it comes to things that I'm going to reread or in this case double dip on, um, it, it it would have to be considered a favorite. So that's one I got put on my list. It's a good one. <laughs> it is a good one. <laughs> uh, looks pretty. Oh, yeah, absolutely! No, it does. It's very well done. I, I'm I'm thinking that we need to put the rest, the fact that I don't like um, Cloak and Dagger and Espionage, because after I go through my list of of uh, stuff that I loved for for 
the last past decade. There's there's a good amount of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I you, I mean to be fair, you perpetuated that belief for a long time. I know. I think you've you've retrenched from it in recent years. Yeah. Um, um, so you're up with numbers nine and ten. Yes. So my number nine is firmly entrenched in the cloak and dagger espionage, um, uh, hyper real James Bond esque escapades, though filtered through an esoteric slash occult um, Philip K. Dick lens. It was written by Alesh Cote and mm-hmm. illustrated by a bunch of people. My next one on my list is Zero. Completely, utterly adored Zero. I, I, I know yes. I know both it, of you may not... Many, it was on many a best of decade list, by the way. Oh, was it really? Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Well, it wasn't all bad. Yeah, I, it's great. I don't need a list to justify my choice, but it's nice no, I'm not, to know. I'm not saying it to just. I'm saying, but it, you, you, you. I figured you'd be surprised by that because it's probably you probably thought it'd be one of the more esoteric of your picks. But so far, I think it's probably the one of your picks that, other than the fade out, that I saw the most often mentioned. Yeah, it's dense as fuck, though. I oh, mean, yeah. it's it's not relaxing reading. Whatever happened to Leshcote? Um, good question. I mean, he did a couple I think the, of the New World was the last thing he did, right? With Treadmore. Yeah, but that yeah, wasn't I mean, so long ago. I mean, he's, he he had a he had a, for a while. He was a hot commodity anyway. But right, uh, right, right. Uh, next up, again, uh, this should not surprise anyone. Um, inspired by the work of John Ostrander, but made completely his own, uh, mostly through the the very very vivid and and. Uh, Totally idiosyncratic graphic representation. My next one is Copra. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Um, super heavy hitter. Uh, Michelle Fife uh, came somewhat out of nowhere with Copra. Mm-hmm. Recent and, guest of the show. Yes. And just uh, one of those guys that the visual voice just gobsmacks mm-hmm. me. Like he can take talking heads and make them look so exciting. Uh, how do you honorable uh, mention for me he it was but it was probably the 21st i was there were three books that i was trying to figure out who was getting the last spot and cobra was one of the three and ultimately fell into the honorable mentions but it's really great and and i love the the, the restart of it as well oh yeah well I, that's i was i was going there i oh, think sorry. i think the image iteration is even more challenging than mm-hmm. the the Bergen Street stuff, but that's not to slight that stuff. I mean, it's the foundation on which the image stuff is built. It's just the next issue. But I think he's he's trying even more um, adventurous, uh, experimental approaches to guys throwing punches and bullets at each other. That's basically what Copra is: guys mm-hmm. and gals, you know, fighting and and throwing down in the spirit of Liefeld's Extreme Universe. I uh, totally acknowledges all the stuff that came before Ostrander, Liefeld, Image, you know, Extreme, all that stuff. But Fife has made it uh, his own little language, and I love Copra. Um, I would, I would knife fight someone for the existence of Copra, and I would win. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um. This. I don't. This was probably one that may not be too much of a surprise, um, but it was another one where every time an issue hit, I, um, I I was over the moon about it. Always looked fantastic, um, and that is uh, Super Sons by Tomasi, and for the most part, 
Jorge Jimenez. Um, and yeah, I mean, when you have it's it's book that that made me actually consider Damian Wayne as, as a decent character. It's mm-hmm. um, it's it, it you know when when uh, when convergence happened and we got to our um, Clark and Lois, um, and of course due to convergence, Clark was depowered, so they were able to have a child, um, and the uh, and the fallout of that was uh, was them ending up in DC universe proper with um, with a child that grew up to be John, and yeah, it, it's uh, it, it, it was one of those books that just I loved 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 the look of it um it it's uh yeah i i'm a huge menace fan but uh to see these two characters um basically i mean batman and superman jr just damien is 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 the hard ass who is disciplined and and doesn't uh it's his way and and that's it and and john's just you know learning about things and um is actually just being a kid and, and albeit he has powers, but, uh, it was the interplay between them was fantastic. Tomasi can write kids and, and, um, write kids that don't annoy me. And, and it was, it was just, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, I, I know that, uh, they kind of somewhat continued with adventures of, even though, um, Bendis did what he did with, uh, with Clark Lois's kid. But, um, yeah, that, that, that complete series, um, is one that, um, it's one of my, yeah, it, it's one of the DC omnibus I have and, and it's, it's, it's stunning, but it's, it's, it was a lot of fun. Um, kind of sorry it ended, but as far as what we got, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad we got what we got and, and it, it stayed a, a strong book and it didn't, it didn't end up going because it was petering out and, and not going where it wanted to go. It, it, it just, it was a good, complete series. Well, that should be no surprise to anybody who listens to this show because Jorge Jimenez was your uh, favorite uh, artist for each of the last two Eleven Oscars. <laughs> so uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, okay, my two. Uh, up next, one of my favorite fantasy series of the decade uh, and one that we just recently really discovered, not discovered, but but. I've, this is a relatively new addition to the list. I fell in love with it this past calendar year. Um, and uh, try as we might, we were unable to uh, impress upon the creators how much we enjoyed the book. <laughs> but uh, but <laughs> we did. And uh, I don't think it's probably on either of your list, but I know at least that you both also enjoyed it. And that is Monstrous uh, by Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda. Um, we just did a very deep book of the month dive on it earlier this year, so I won't go into it much beyond saying that uh, I really did think it was fantastic and have continued to read it, although we haven't talked about it on the show. Um, I am almost current with it. I'm m- maybe about a, a volume behind, um, but, uh, but, but, many, but very far beyond where we talked about on the book of the month, and it's still amazing, and Dasana Takeda is a, a goddess among, among uh, cartoonists with her, how detailed uh, and vibrant her work is. I don't know how she does it at that pace, but uh, yeah, just adore Monstrous. Um, and then, uh, my next choice, which, uh, I think probably is on Vince's list. I'll be surprised if it isn't. Um, and, and shockingly the only book on my top 20 by this creator, even though 
he would be on a short list for me of my favorite creators of all time. And this is my Matt Kent representation. This is mind management. Um, I really did consider everything Matt's done this decade. And ultimately, uh, this edged out things like Red Handed and Department H for me. Um, I thought it was the most engaging from start to finish. It was the most intricate, probably the tightest executed as we, we follow uh, investigative reporter Maru around as she's uncovering a deep governmental uh, conspiracy involving um, psychic agents and the like. And uh, it, I really did think it was probably Kent's uh, magnum opus and uh, had to be on my list. Not on my list. Wow. You really did love it. I, I, I do, yes. But some stuff overshadowed it. Like for the for the record, you gave it your. Uh, oh no, that was never mind. <laughs> I was going to say I thought you gave it best comic, and I didn't. But no, no, I gave it best comic, and you didn't. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, I have uh, no dabs up. Oh, but a bit of bomb bomb go. <laughs> um, this one might be a surprise. It shouldn't be if you're a patron and you've kind of. It hasn't been on the poll recently but it's um it's it's shown up from time to time i um i i i just love the way the book looks um but uh joe casey and mike huddleston's butcher baker the righteous maker i i was happy to find out that it did come out um after 2010 um it's it's Funny, I, I assumed it didn't. I, I didn't like. I, I in my mind, I immediately didn't put it on my list because I thought it came out in the prior decade. Yeah, I, I did too. I and and it uh, I, I, two collections came out mm-hmm. this decade as well. But it's um, it 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 just. I mean, it's it's crazy. The characters are absolutely um, fantastic. I just I I think it's something that if 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 you dig comic books and 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 you aren't easily offended um and you love the way um huddleston draws it's it's um it's something i I think you'll dig it's yeah it's it's weird it's not something i'm going to try to you know um do a synopsis of right here but it's 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 been talked about when it was coming out and uh it, it it's one of those things where i was i i threw long to see what uh what i could find from earlier in the decade that i really enjoyed and and um and and this kind of just this was this was a bullseye it's um mm-hmm. i i yeah it's Huddleston's it, never looked better in my opinion i i think you're right it it just i yeah and it, and it's that this is kind of what i compare him to so when i see him drawing something now it's like eh, i mean it, it it's good he, he still draw like nobody's business but it's like it's like that's this is it it's like when you look you know for me, it's for me to junior on his first mm-hmm. run on Spider-Man. And, and, uh, there's just, you know, certain things that you kind of just connect to, to creators. And, and yeah, but this was, this was just, this was just a, a crazy balls to the wall. And I, I loved Casey's back matter in each issue. It, it was just, it, it, this is one of the things that just make me, makes me love comics. I, sure. I, I absolutely adore it. Faux show. Vincenzo. Cool. Nice. Next one may be seen as a bit of a cheat, but I don't think so because it's the same creative team. I gave uh, the next slot to the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. (laughs) 
the 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 three volume century books the three volume nemo books heart of ice roses of berlin and river of ghosts and the crowning achievement which was the volume four which is the tempest um where alan and and uh kevin basically rewrite everything Mm -hmm. um and it was uh, supposedly his his final uh work in comics so we'll see but um not for the least of which, there's a section of the Nemo trilogy which is the uh, finest nod to Lovecraft's Mountains of Madness ever. Mm-hmm. So um, how could I not tip my hat to the goat? Yeah, it's interesting. This is part of a subgroup of things as I was coming up my list of I own it all. And I do think there's a good chance it would have been on my list if I had read it yet. Like it's just stuff I haven't gotten to read, but even though I own it and I need to, mm-hmm. it's it's like I have this little list now for side list now under my notes that are things that I need to read with the quickness because I suspect I've I've been been remiss in not giving them their yeah. due in the decade they came out. Yeah, he plays with James Bond and Harry Potter. Yeah, and sure, just sure. like and and just mm-hmm. the the very foundations of comics and the the language of of comics in in the Tempest is amazing. Sure. Uh, yeah, read it. Um, next up is uh, a book from uh, two books actually from no brow that i talked about uh a while ago uh jesse monahan's forming yes love these books uh ambitious is it doesn't even begin to cover it it, it mm-hmm. details the rise of a of a, a civilization from the primordial sludge into tool making into warfare into spiritualism and, and beyond uh and he continues the story um somewhat on his uh his website but there's only been two volumes from nobrow and they're flat out amazing i mean i'm a, as if you couldn't tell i'm a huge fan of world building when the, when the creator invests him or herself into their property so much where they pick up every rock and they see what's underneath it, and then they link that rock to another rock to another. And it just—I I love these these fictional constructs that live and breathe. And forming to me is, is was one of the best. Uh, sadly, it—I um, don't think it did gangbusters, but I would like to see it continue in the format that it did, the oversized hardcover. But we'll see. Um, it's it's just amazing, amazing stuff. So that's it. You're but, talking to my heartstrings here because you know I got such love for No Brow this this year in particular. I just think, yeah, I wanted to put Skip on there, but um, in light of the things that I did put on there, it was close. Skip was one of my honorable mentions as one of the best books of the past ten years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in yeah. Moonhead and the Music Machine. Oh, love it. Yeah, in Waves, and I, I just yeah, no Americana. It is it, the, No Brow is just man. Uh, they're 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 fantastic. I forgot about Moonhead. Yeah, I I went off on that. It's a great book. Yeah, I read it because of you. I I I think I pretty much discovered No Brow because of your love of of that informing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next for me is um, I think I think this is one of the only yeah. Um, OGN's, uh, The Fifth Beetle, published um, by Dark Horse. This was um, 
I I don't know really um it's if if you're a fan of the Beatles um I I, I think uh you should um read it, it it's it, the fifth Beatles base it, it's he um Brian Epstein is is uh considered to be uh the fifth Beatle according to this book and it's um it's a story about Brian and and his uh and his relationship um with the Beatles and and it's it's beautifully um illustrated uh and I I had the notes and I and lost them but um it's there's a few pages that look stunning by um uh Kyle Baker but the the art is um is by dirt Andrew C. Robinson Andrew Robinson drew actually the, the I, I brought my copy to Heroes um and uh Andrew drew a um a Paul McCartney head sketch because Paul's my father's favorite Beatles so I gave that to him for, for Father's Day that that weekend and um it it's yeah it's it's absolutely stunning you you're familiar with andrew's work on covers specific more more likely than not but uh his interiors and sequentials were stunning in this story uh the uh the writer is vivek j Tori, and uh like i said kyle baker has a few pages in it as well but it's um it's it's yeah uh you know it's brian was the band's manager and um and and kind of uh spearheaded Beatlemania. Uh but it's um it's it's not completely a happy story. because um, Brian was gay in, in a time when um that wasn't exactly all that acceptable, especially in England. And it's um it's it's one of those things where it's because of, of my fondness for the Beatles is it was easy sell for me. But the fact that it, it it looks amazing and it and it reads really well um, made it made it a favorite of mine for for this decade. It's it's something I think if you're a Beatles fan, yes, you should absolutely read it. Uh, but but if you're a fan of the art form as well, I think you'll enjoy it. But yeah, Fifth Beatle on my list for sure. Respect, respect, love that book. Um, okay, number 12 for me is uh, Harley Quinn by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, uh, and then a litany of, uh, of illustrators, um, including uh, uh, John Timms. And uh, uh, I mean, he's, he's the most well-known, but Linsner and um, Chad Harden. And, you know, there's really quite a few people part- drew the book, but but for me, I mean, the book is is awesome because uh, of of Palmiotti and Connor. It was um, I had no affinity for Harley Quinn as a character before they started writing her. Um, it, this is really the only comedy book on my list. Uh, it, for me, it was just a book that I thought was consistently funny and well executed. Uh, I, I I really don't care for Harley Quinn in any other iteration. Um, and she kind of replaced this decade for me what Deadpool was in the prior decade, where um, just for some reason, comedy is, I think, a bit more um, 
specific. It's harder for comedy to be all inclusive. Uh, what what people find funny is, I think, a far far greater range uh, than 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 what we may join something like a dra- drama. Um, and for me, their sense of humor um, as a as a writing duo has always worked. And I just thought that this was an incredibly fun book that I would catch up on in bursts. And every time I would I would read a bunch, I would just be smiling ear to ear and uh, and 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 felt happy that the book existed. And uh, and and. I just don't think the book has come close to being what it was since since they left. So, um, yeah, my my lone comedy book on the entire list is uh, is, is Harley Quinn by Palmiotti and Connor. Cool. Uh, and I got I guess I'm back to back, right? Yeah. Are you sure. Okay. Um, okay. My my next one is a book that literally finished um, on the last publishing release date of the decade <laughs> and that why are you laughing that's cute what is it yeah that is uh east of west ah. by jonathan hickman and nick Tregata. uh th- this is and i will talk about it at some point when i talk about the book the series in its entirety but but this is is part of a litany of early decade image releases when image was just at its red hot fire and they had recruited a bunch of, of, of big movers and shakers from Marvel and DC to all at the same time over those two years, launch their own creator owned books. And this was one of those along with Southern bastards and, and all the remainder books. And, um, and for my money, uh, one of the best, um, it, 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 it would be higher were it not for a slightly elongated release cycle. They put out 45 issues over seven years. Um, but I just adore Dragada's artwork. And I just thought that this, you all know how much I love post-apocalyptic stories. And this is very much a story about the apocalypse. So um, I thought it was exceptionally well executed. And unlike say, when we were talking about the, uh, the uh, Doomsday Clock, I thought, although it was 45 issues, I thought it was incredibly tight. I thought there wasn't a wasted storyline. So for me, um, I'm going to severely miss this book. Uh, but but it was very much a book of the decade. Hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I, I moved something around. So I'm going to go right now with this next one. Uh, this was another one that, that, that Vince and I spoke about when it was coming out, and um, it absolutely looked fantastic for all 12 issues, whether it was illustrated by Clayton Henry or Pera Perez or uh, Francis Portella, and it was always wonderfully written um, by Mr. Fred Van Lanty, and that is Ivar Time Walker from yeah. Valiant. Wow. Um, it That's was awesome. It's I I I mean between I it's it's of course he's one of the the brothers three, but um Neil Asetti was was a fantastic character. Um it was it, it, it the, these twelve issues were um just just told it, it was they were kind of standalone. You could just read this if you don't know anything about the Valiant Universe, aside from um Gilad and, and uh and Aram showing up. Um you just, I mean, yes, it's explained that uh, they're his brother, 
but his brothers, but you know, you don't have to worry about anything else. You don't have to worry about a whole lot of geomancers, you don't have to worry about bloodshed, you don't have to worry about anything else going on in the Valiant universe. Um Fred told a great story, I think, with 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 some characters that um that you kind of uh you, you you get attached to as the series continues and and the covers were absolutely stunning the design on on, on each cover was uh was amazing but yeah i i had a lot of fun with this i i'm glad it was only 12 issues but at the same time i'm i'm kind of not because it would have been great um to keep reading about these two but it um it ended kind of where it should have it 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 it, it like I said, it was a complete story. But yeah, it was it was one of my favorite books from Valiant from the past decade. And um and yeah, if uh if if there's a if I could get it in uh if I can get my hands on on that deluxe hardcover, I certainly will. But yeah. Definitely check it out if you haven't. Boom. My next one uh, well, I'm going to kind of mirror the the approach of the book. My next one cuts your head off, fucks you in the neck hole with a barbed penis, mm-hmm. uh, and then shits on your throbbing corpse. It is, of course, Prison Pit. I was going to say, if Prison Pit was on your list, I was going to have to. Yeah, it would be so. stupid if this wasn't yeah. on my list, okay. right? I own a page from it. It is yeah. one of the most hyper-violent, transgressive superbly designed and orchestrated comics on my bookshelf started in 2009 with the first volume, but volumes two to six. Yeah. Yeah. It came out 2010 to 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, It is so close to my heart. Ryan, what he did is not even funny that, uh, you know, Rottweiler herpes, cannibal fuckface. Come on. This is a telegraphed right to my, my crotch and my heart. So yeah, prison pit. If you had told me that we'd each make a top ten list for each other, yeah, it would have been at or near the top for me. For sure, you. sure. And as is the next one, I would be totally remiss if um, this man wasn't on my list. A giant volume, uh, twelve inches by fourteen point five inches. It's the final volume in a trilogy that he began with Jimbo in Purgatory and Jimbo in Paradise. It's Gary Panter's Songy of Paradise from Fantagraphics book. Another that made quite a few best of uh, lists. It's great. It's just a humble um, workaday dude being tempted uh, by the devil, and he will not relent. Uh, anyone, you would expect someone with influence and money to to e- easily be swayed by by the promise of more. But this guy is just salt of the earth, and he just will not be – he will not acquiesce to, to evil. And it's just amazing because not only the story – it's it's a um, take on Milton's Paradise Regained. Mm-hmm. But um, when – at the hands of Gary Panter, even the most – you know, everything becomes special. And, and this book – I waited for it. And I was not disappointed. If you look in the archives, you can you can hear me talk about it. But it's it's my all time favorite um, living creator doing what he does better than everybody else. And it's Gary Panter, Song Songy of Paradise. Word. Yep. I both would have been on my list if I had to make it for you. Right. Dap. 
this is the one with um with a good 12 issues um another one that i was kind of um bummed to see end but again um it it was it kind of worked with 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 these creators um but uh the flintstones by mark russell wow uh Steve, Pugh. you yeah. you are definitely surprising me tonight. <laughs> I when I think about, like I said, when I think about books that that I enjoyed or that I'll because and what's weird is like like Butcher Baker um, when we were moving and and I was packing things up, I I stopped and and I shouldn't have, but I I, I ended up reading a couple of issues of the Flintstones. So it's one of those things where yeah, I, I if if I'm going to sit down and and you read something that that that's going to kind of mean something to me but um i i i loved how um the the interplay between russell's writing and 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 pew's drawing and and the creatures that that were used for for various tools and and um how the uh how the lingo was kind of modern after uh what was going on but but it, mirrored a lot of things that were happening in the current era um yeah it just it it, it worked for me I, I i never would have imagined that you know i'd be enjoying and and buying month in month out a um a flintstones comic but but yeah they um they did something for me that uh it just it it made them it made the characters more um more relatable, more lifelike to me than, than the cartoon ever did. And, and it was, it, it's, it wasn't, you know, if, if, if your kid is enjoying the cartoon, I don't think you're going to give them this comic, but it's, it's nice to read a comic with a little bit more of a, a mature bent with, um, with characters that aren't drawn, aren't illustrated the same way they are in the cartoon. And, and it was, it, it, it worked between, the stories that were being told with the way the characters were being drawn in this setting, as crazy as it is, um, it was just, it, it seriously was a lot of fun. Uh, the Flintstones was absolutely one of my favorite books of the decade. Nice. I, nice. Okay. Respect. Um, okay. Now we're getting into the territory here, uh, top 10, where I don't think there'll be any surprises for people that know me or listen to the show. So um, uh, at number 10, uh, Hip Hop Family Tree by Mr. Ed Pisker. Uh, originally serialized as a web comic in Boing Boing, um, but uh, subsequently, and I think far far better for it, packaged in a collection of treasury editions, which were then repackaged as a tre- as a collection of treasury editions inside a beautiful hardcover slipcase. Uh, this is Ed's very systematic and incredibly detailed and accurate walk through the early, let's say, initial decade. To 15 years of, of hip hop from the very birth of its origins um, in the uh, discos of New York city to um, you know, what some would say were the, the, the pinnacle of, of, of hip hop in the nineties, but, but we'll leave that for another day, that discussion. But either way um, I think it's a passion project for Ed. It's what put Ed on the map. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing to see someone uh, be able to bring to life um, their passions. I mean, Ed is a very talented cartoonist, but he also is probably one of the most uh, informed hip hop historians on the planet. And 
to it's 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 just um, as someone who loves hip hop with all my heart and and is by far and away my preferred music genre and obviously also loves comics you know i i, I just i'm i'm so grateful that that ed exists and that he gave us that um and then uh my number 9 um is infinite kung fu by kagan mcleod i knew it yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't, in good faith, not have this in my list. Uh, probably one of the deeper cuts of, of, of our lists in terms of it's it's a book that came out in the beginning of the decade, and unfortunately for us all, Kagan hasn't done much in comics beyond that. He did Captara, a short-lived um, book with with Chip Zdarsky from Image. I think I don't even think it lasted twelve issues. Um, and I still keep in touch with Kagan. And we'll repeatedly ask him, "Hey, man, we we need you back in comics." But I think bluntly, he's 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 a little he's a little he was a little dejected by the way comics went, and he makes quite a nice living as a illustrator for um, very haughty, tawdy periodicals like the New Yorker. So uh, he doesn't need the industry per se. But in- Infinite Kung Fu was the thing that he worked on for well over a decade before putting out. Um, a nearly 500 page graphic novel collection of it. And it is exactly like it sounds. It is just almost 500 pages of pure homage to the great Kung Fu movies of the seventies. Uh, it's protagonist is a guy named young Lu Kung and he gets into just absurd, uh, nonstop Kung Fu battles with everything from undead to robots to other masters of dojos that have different styles and it is a sight to behold and i still remember the day that we were at one of the first new york comic cons and he was just walking around and i said you got pages and he just pulled out a portfolio of pages and every page was 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 different types of paper (laughs) some were small some were big some were pencils and ink some were 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 charcoal i mean it's just it was it was just something he did because he loved to do it on the side for for a good chunk of his adult life. And then it became this masterpiece. And uh, I, for one, am so grateful to have it. And I've, I've reread it and I just think it is, it is just awesome. And, uh, and, and I, I, I'm, I selfishly wish that Kagan did more comics. <laughs> uh, yeah. I am going to throw, um, Mark Wade's daredevil. On my of list. course. Of um, course. And it 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 started off with him and um, Paula Rivera, and then uh, Somni came on before that volume finished, and then uh, and then it became Wade and Somni's Daredevil with a with a relaunch um, with Matt set mm-hmm. out west, um, and yeah, it it's it's. Surprised this isn't your number one. No, no, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Never mind. Um, it's uh, it's it's one of those things where it, it's yeah. I mean, I and and you guys know it. It's it. It's not a regret, but it's it's one of those things where if um, not a single letter. If if I, I'll say it again this year, if I see that damn artist edition at that dude's booth at Heroes, I'll take it. I'll 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 come home with it. Um, but it is, uh, yeah, I just, it's, it's, it, Somni's art alone, but you know, I think Wade had a lot of fun with Matt Murdock. It's, it's, um, not that, uh, not that Wade is always writing serious characters, but, uh, Daredevil felt a hell of a lot more lighthearted than, um, 
than than Captain America or Champions or you know, the Flash or anything mm-hmm. he's he's written at 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 the big two. Um, it's I mean it's, I I adore his Fantastic Four run, but but even that as um, as humorous it could be at times, it it wasn't as um, it just it, it didn't have that lighthearted feel that Daredevil seemed to have. Um, and and you know he he pulled out characters like the Shroud and and it was just and 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 Purple Man's daughter there was just there's a lot of fun in in the series and like I said it looks great um, I th- I think Wade and, and Sony make a beautiful team and uh, I I am a Daredevil fan so seeing them on a book together um, and enjoying Mark's work as much as I did on the character um, yeah it's it's it kind of it was one of those things where. It wasn't going to budge once I put it on the list. Other things had to kind of find their way mm-hmm. around it. But yeah, it, it absolute favorite. Can't fault you for that choice. No. Uh, next on my list is Inio Asano's Dead Dead Demons DDDD Destruction. Uh it's just phenomenal it's this like i said um, past episodes and the story of two young girls kadode and her her buddy oran and the way something as novel and life-shattering and uh psyche blasting as an alien invasion becomes calm you know commonplace after a while they live in the shadow of this giant mothership and it's just another thing and relationships continue, and life goes on, and uh, under the the uh, the umbrella of this giant alien mothership, like how does that work? And you'll find out in uh, in this series, and it's just it's magnificent. And Asano's illustration, uh, regardless of assistance, is just uh, breathtaking. So that's uh, one, and. The next one is a combination of season one and season two of all-time comics. <laughs> Josh Bayer, the puppet master. You had the new characters, Crime Destroyer, Bullwhip, Atlas, Blind Justice, um, indie stalwarts like Noah Van Skyver and Josh Simmons mixed with uh, Herb Trimpey and Al Milgram. And Ken Landgraf, <laughs> what's going on here? Uh, you know, Brendan McCarthy and Das Pastoris doing covers. And it, it seemed like an event that wasn't touted as an event, but just corralled all these multi-generational comic creators under one umbrella orchestrated by Josh and his brother that if there was one thing that spoke to me the past decade, the the clearest and the most resoundingly, it was the all time comics books. Uh, just unpretentious look at superheroes from guys that shouldn't, or at least in their circles, shouldn't like superhero books, or they should at least act like they don't. But Josh says, "Fuck it, I I like superheroes. We like superheroes. Let's do something with superheroes." And the all time comics. Uh, universe came from it started at fanographics ended up at floating world um by far one of my favorite 
most favorite things from the past decade. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's nice. two. It's two. Um, speaking of two, uh, my second one from Donny Cates. This time it is illustrated by our friend Danny Warren Johnson. It is Ghost Fleet. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought about it, and, and it, 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 I just, for, for a long time, I had Ghost Fleet or God Country on the list, and I just kept moving things around. And it just, it, it, as I kept thinking about Ghost Fleet, and yeah, it was, it was, it's fucked up the way it ended because it, it, it went digital, and then eventually Image collected the, the whole goddamn thing. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's early DWJ. It looks fantastic. Um, characters are, are, are pretty hardcore. Um, yeah, you know, it's 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 big rigs and and just you know, dead people and it, it's it's crazy and it and it ends crazier than it starts. It's just um, it's a wild freaking ride and and uh, yeah, I've 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 gone back to it. I flipped through it from time to time. It's it's um, it's just it's crazy. It's 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 another example of of why I like why why I love comics. It's it's um. It's nuts. There, there are other things that you know, I had on the list and and kept moving things around. But this, for whatever reason, this just kept kind of working its way back up there. And and I thought about when it came out, and and uh, and yeah, it just it 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 kind of fit for me. So it all just kind of came into place. But yeah, yeah, I, I I would call it one of my favorites. Respect, respect. Uh, okay, uh, up next is. Uh probably the book that they will collectively be remembered uh, most for, even though they've done a ton of awesome uh, work separately. Uh, and that is the brothers Ba and moon. And that is their 10 issue mini series that they did together uh, known as day tripper, uh, which uh, most people I think mistakenly think of as an image book, but was uh, actually a vertigo book. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's it's one of those books that uh, I think I've come to appreciate more uh, as time has gone on. Um, but it's this beautiful story of of a life in Portugal. They are Portuguese, um, so it's there's a bit of there's a bit of uh, it's not autobiographical, but it, it 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 draws from their experiences, and it has a uh, a very heartwarming and somewhat tragic. Uh, uh, twist and conclusion at the end, but uh, you probably see it coming as you're reading the book, if you, uh, as it were. But but I thought it was fantastic and stood, stood the test of time. I reread it a few years ago, and uh, I do think it very much um, is is the book that I'll probably remember those guys for the most uh, as we as we uh, are old and busted and thinking back on uh, comics history. Uh, and then number number seven for me is a bit of a catch all. Um, I mean, if, if you guys are going to hold my feet to the fire, I will just say I'm talking about the main series, but I really am talking about the broader universe, and that is Jeff Lemire's Black Hammer. Nice. So on my list, it's Black Hammer, Lemire, and Ormston, who uh, Dean Ormston is the 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 cartoonist and the uh, on the the ongoing Black Hammer series. Um, but certainly, I mean, part of my enjoyment of this is very much the books like uh, like Sherlock Frankenstein uh, and uh, and and Cthulhu and and the like. So so I. I I and and quantum uh you know uh, quantum age like I think they're all fantastic uh, in their own rights 
And as a collective, I think they're right up there this decade with the uh, Mignolaverse. But uh, but if you're if you're all they're making me be a stickler, then I'll just I'll, I'll say my official pick here is uh, is is Blackheimer proper by Jeff Lemire and Dean Ormston. All right. Yeah. Um, next up for me, um, was one that, uh, I gave a lot of flack to after the fact, but I still cannot, um, argue that it is a, uh, it it is a work of art, not just, not just for the story itself, but, but for what the creators did, um, and bringing the story to us. And that is, uh, the private eye by, Brian K. Vaughan and Marcos Martin by the panel, some published um, by Panel Syndicate. It's um, it's a story anybody can read right now because it's still available online for however much you want to pay for it. There are um, you can get the two volumes that collect five issues each, or you can get each of the ten issues plus uh, the making of and any other extras on the site. But I think the um, it's 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 a wide format widescreen format story that that, um is is absolutely fantastic it takes place in the year 2076 after um after the cloud has burst and everyone's secrets that they keep online um have been revealed and um and and you know in, in some cases it's it's where we might be headed to and and for some people some of their secrets have have already come out in the present day, so we don't have to wait for everyone. But it's um, it, it was it was a pretty cool and big deal when it was happening, uh, as far as the story coming out. Um, it's it's uh, and and Panel Syndicate has gone on to publish other other works, um, and, including Barrier, which we had as our book of the month earlier this year at uh, when we were at C two E two. But yeah, I um. I think it's. I, I especially love Grandpa. The, the whole story is is from start to finish. I, I'm, I dig, um, the uh, the the private Dick Flatfoot stories, um, and and this one being set in the future and and so uh, tech heavy was kind of right up my alley. But I, I thought I thought the creators did a great job. Uh, so I cannot say boo about the story itself I, I i dig it a lot so yeah it was it was um it was a pretty big deal i think at the time and and uh it was fitting for for this past decade so uh maybe a sign of things to come but absolutely the private eye had to be on my list yeah it's on my honorable mentions for sure nice neat well you said boo and i gotta give my boo another hug because <laughs> my next one is um Named after a seminal album by Iggy and the Stooges, and it like that album, uh, this two volume series is punk as fuck. It's from Josh Bayer, Retrofit Comics. It's called Raw Power, Volume One and Two. Uh, G. Gordon Liddy, Catman, just encapsulates Josh's love of comics and punk and in your face, no hold barred narrative. Um, it, it is the most Josh Bayer of his works that he's done in mm-hmm. the past decade. So that's why I gave this the nod and not his other books, which are just as good. But I think this one is Bayer on paper. 
Like when you talk to him and you meet him and you get to know him, this is Rob Power is Josh Bayer. So that's why I gave the the nod to Rob Power. Could have could have been anything Josh did that would get it, but I went with this. Um, yeah, I don't think he'd complain. And uh, <laughs> next, um, I'm giving love to my 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 uh, my booze and Brian Chippendale's up next. And I could have went with if and oof, but I didn't. I went with Puke Force from Drawn and Quarterly because it's um, it's a book of the past decade because it's it satirizes and deconstructs social media and how people react in the wake of social media and act and um, all translated in that that awesome Chippendale I don't give a shit what you think style. Um, you're not going to read this like like you read normal comics. You have to read it in a different way, and and I'm going to make you jump through hoops. And fuck you, I'm the drummer for Lyson, Lyson, um, Lightning Bolt. Chippendale is is one of those guys again that just rips open my my chest cavity and massages my heart. So I mm-hmm. had to, I had to give uh, Chippendale um, a tip of the hat. So uh, Chippendale and Josh Bayer, my last. Well, no, I got two more. So they're they're my next two. They're your next two. Yeah. Yeah, you got two more. Two more. Uh, two more. Let's see. I. Uh, this this is um, is probably one of the newer books. Um, actually, I think it is the newest book on my list because it started uh, a year ago. First issue came out last January, um, and I've enjoyed every issue since, especially now that. Um, John Timms is drawing it, but it is uh, Young Justice under the Wonder Comics imprint from DC, written by Brian Michael Bendis. Um, started off with Patrick Gleason. Uh, currently, Timms is drawing it. It's um, it's it's the Connor and the Bart and um, the Cassie that uh, you may know and love from Young Justice from from the nineties. Um, but yeah, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun it, uh especially with the whole um kind of cross time caper thing going on with 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 the multiverse it's um it just it 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 keeps me it's one of the first things i read when it comes out and um has me jamming at the bit for the next issue by the time i finish it um and and uh it hasn't let me down yet i i've absolutely um they've been enjoying each and every issue. So I, I've been talking up for the past year. So there's not a whole lot more I can go on about it. It is. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad it came out, um, recently because it's, it's, it's one of my favorite things, one of the best things I've read in the past decade. There we go. Yeah. Um, well, uh, for me, number six is again, no surprise. I'm sure y'all waiting for it. Uh, Heroes Volume One and Two, Hero Volume One and Two, uh, by David Rubin, written and drawn. Uh, it is why I always gush about David Rubin and think he's one of the best cartoonists alive. Uh, it is. Uh, I included both volumes because it really is one story. It's the collective story of uh, of of. It's his interpretation of the Hercules legend, uh, and uh, in a in a as stunning a visual depiction as I've ever seen. He it's, it's an adult version. There's, there's, there's sex, both, uh, both, uh, gay and straight. There's, there's incredible violence. And there's also this 
undertone of mixing sci-fi technology into the mythos. Uh, I love those books so much, and uh, I love David Rubin so much, so had to be on the list. Uh, and then uh, my number five is um, my favorite book of 2018, uh, and uh, as stunningly uh, an amazing debut comic as has ever been made, and that is My Favorite Thing is Monsters by Emil Ferris. Uh, you know, pretty much, I think... Uh, of all the things on and on on my list, it's 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 one of the things that is on like literally every list I came across as well. So I guess I have, I'm in good company there. But um, you know, I gushed about this book when it came out. I gushed about it at the eleven o'clock so I won't gush about it a third time. Just saying that the fact that this woman in her late forties put out her first comic and it was nearly seven hundred pages of an original graphic novel that was this perfectly executed. Uh, and this stunning and unique is just a triumph. And, uh, you know, we've been waiting now for a couple of years for volume two. And I get why it's not coming quickly, because I don't if I were her, I would be petrified with uh, trying to follow this up. So um, it is truly one of the most unique, stunning works uh, of uh, sequential uh, storytelling that I think has been created since we started the show. So there you go. I I. I been waiting for you to say it. it it's um it makes sense that it would be so close to the end of your list um but yeah, it's one of those things where i was just any minute now he's gonna say it yeah uh for my we're my top three now so um yeah i i um this is bittersweet because i've been waiting for it but also kind of didn't want it to happen uh but matt wagner finally gave us the end of his trilogy and Mage the Hero Denied was published uh, this decade. And it was, um, it was not your number one, though. Interesting. Is that what you have for my number one? No, I assumed it would be your number one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, the, uh, yeah, it, it's, you know, we, we had Matt on the show after the, uh, after the series wrapped up. Um, and, you know, we talked about it. it it's, it's, um, no, Mage. The hero discovered is absolutely um, one of my favorite stories of all time, and and for um, for Matt to finally wrap it all up um, now that he's at that point in his life where the story needed to be told, wanted to be told, um, and and we got to some more insight on on Matt on Kevin Matchstick's family. Um, yeah, it it's uh, I am I'm I'm glad I got to read it. But I'm 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 sad it was there to be read because now now that's it for our hero. But yeah, it's um it was without a doubt um one of my favorite things this decade. I would have been floored if it wasn't on your list. Same, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, hey. we we are building to our number ones, but Vince is already know his number one. So yeah, you've got your final two here. Okay, next up. One of my brightest lights in the uh, the comics universe uh, did amazing things in the past decade. Sure to do even better things in the next. Matthew Allison. I was going to say. Cancor, Calamity yeah. Challenge. Yeah, the guy has me by the balls. And uh, every line he makes, I just devour it. I think he's incredible. He doesn't know how good he is. Uh, I, I think the heir apparent to Bernie Wrightson, uh, I don't care what you think, but you that, said it before. Yeah. 
but um, he is just a friggin' force to be reckoned with. Um, not only is he great on the page, but in real life, he and I share many of the same um, likes, uh, and I, I love him to, to death. So, Matthew He's Alice. got that down with the swirl uh, commonality with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cank or mm-hmm. calamity of challenge. Uh, and my final one, since Dap scooped me on the uh, fade out, my last one is a trilogy. Uh, X'd Out or Crossed Out and The Hive and Sugar Skull by Charles Burns. Yeah. On the surface, an homage to Hergé's Tin Tin or Knit Knit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once you peel away the, the, the skin, uh, you descend into a nightmarish world that I think only Charles Burns can do. And it was freaking devastating and, and, and uh, beautifully presented, uh, expertly illustrated. So my last one is the uh, X'd Out trilogy by Charles Burns. I Yeah, I, I if I was, again, making a list for you, I would have thought about putting one of these on. So I'd like that you put them all as a trilogy. I, yeah. I would have well, it's one struggled story. with like, so, yeah. which to pick. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, Matthew is, is definitely an honorable mention for me. Love love his work, man, and he does it all in the microns. It's 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 disturbing, amazing. dude. Let's try and pick up a brush. Save yourself right? some trouble. No, man, I'm just, <laughs> it's it's oh Jesus. And no, and, I mean, if he gets that that kind of result from a micron, oh, then great. Yeah. I but, wish. I mean, I I, yeah. I used to. I, I would take microns to take microns to school, and I would just I would write all my notes with it. I just I I yeah. love the flow from them, but yeah. Um, and and the collection. Is forthcoming from Ad House, yeah. Yes, solicited in parent. this previews. In this previews, yes. yes. Yep. So get it, calamity of challenge, Cancor, do it. My number dose um, is one that I was. It was bittersweet because I I was a little bummed that it ended, um, but I, I absolutely uh, huge fan of of the work that we were given by Pete and Pat. But uh, Tomasi's and Gleason's Superman run um, was a home run for me this decade. It, um, it again, it, it spun off from Convergence. So, so it was because I, my familiarity with these characters um, made me love it right out the box, and uh, and and of course, Sons came out of it. But yeah, it's. Um, it, it was a great bunch of issues, uh, even the crossover with, with Action Comics that kind of tried to make sense of some things. But uh, from start to finish, even a little family road trip during the summer, yeah, it was it, it was a lot of fun. You could tell that um, it was uh, even the few moments we got to speak to Peter at at, at New York Comic Con over the past couple of years. You could tell it was kind of a um, it was it was a, felt like a personal project for him with these characters and the stories he was telling, but. Um, you know, I'm I'm really really glad we got what we got. Um, curious to know where it would have gone had um, Bendis not been signed and 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 took over the character. But um, I am glad the stories we got from these creators uh, exist. So yeah, absolutely one of my favorite books of the run of of the decade. If I was Tomasi, I'd have a huge chip on my shoulder because he got fucked up with Superman at uh, what well, at the end of what Convergence. And then he got fucked up with with the the Super Sons because of Bendis. It's like they seem to pull the rug out of under <laughs> Tomasi all the time. 
You're but, right. But whatever. I mean, he does good stuff. Yes, so he does. regardless of of the opposition, he does great stuff. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got three left, so I'll do two, and then Dap can do his number one, and I'll, I'll finish up. Um, now, my number four, which I I have to say I'm, I'm quite surprised did not make either of your list because it is, to this day, the only book that we had unanimity and swept for favorite comic in a year. It's the I, only book that we ever all agreed on and dropped the mic and said we could be nothing else. And, uh, and we have had a lot of different books in over a decade of, of nominations. And that is Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples Saga. Uh, it was all of our favorite book in 2012 and very much in the running in multiple yeah. other years for all of us. But, yeah. but regardless of that, uh, my, my pick for sure, I could not have this book on the list is Saga. Um, this is one of those books. I think in fact, it, for the, for this, for the decade, it typifies along with uh, probably the prior decade, things like fables or in the midst of the two walking dead, a book that's so good but so consistent that people stopped talking about it because it just continued to be so good. We almost got spoiled with how good it was. And it's been on hiatus. And at the time, I know a lot of people, particularly retailers, were salty about that. But I think it served them well because I think it will be absolutely – people will, will, will sop up its return like delicious gravy uh, <laughs> at the bottom of your plate with a slice of bread because um, – <laughs> This is, without question, I think, the best executed science fiction comic uh, of of its generation. Um, I love that that Fiona drew every issue. Um, it is an epic saga that crosses decades. It 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 is as grand uh, a story and epic a story as you'll find, and and belongs right up there with like the Star Wars mythos and everything in terms of its depth and its 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 heart. Um, it's it's got everything. I think it's got everything a comic should have. It's got consistency and 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 great plot and and amazing illustration. And um, I, I really don't think there's anything it did wrong, other than just be so damn good. People got bored of talking about it, and uh, you you really can't find. I mean, it was pretty much on like every year's top. So since it started coming out in 2012, it, it was uh, like on every list of best comics of the year every year that it was coming out for. So like for like eight straight years, it was on just about every list you could find. And uh, I think deservedly so. So Saga by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. And then uh, my number two comic of the decade. Uh, and, you know, you probably aren't going to be surprised by this because I haven't mentioned it yet. And you're figuring like, well, once you going to talk about this book? Uh, Deadly Class by by Rick Remender and Wes Craig. Um, I just adore this book. As I said earlier, I love Rick. Uh, it's, he doesn't really do anything that I don't enjoy in, on some level. But for me, uh, this comic, it's just the perfect marriage between these two. I, I was actually just looking at Wes Craig's art from it today because issue 42's art got put up for sale at Cadence. And I just, I'm just mesmerized by the simplicity of Wes's line and just how powerful and how impactful he can still tell the story on each page it's he's just, he's a true master and somebody that no way near is as well known or, or, or respected um, um, outside of like the core circle of comic fan hardcore that, that he should be. Uh, I just, I love that story so much and I'm going to just weep uh, in, in the corner of my shower uh, when, when it ends uh, eventually. So um, yeah. So deadly class. God damn it. I love that book. Wow. I'm glad I was sitting down. 
because I, I didn't think you'd pick that <laughs> but, one. No, uh, of course. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. we got to play to our strengths, right? We got to. It's our favorite. I mean, yeah. like, it would be ridiculous for me not to mention Deadly Class. True, I mean, true. Yeah, yeah, definitely an honorable mention for me. All right, Dad, uh, you're number one. My number one, and I, I, I had I, to. But you s- don't know what it is. I must be just like blanking. I don't because I, I, the picks I would have made were you've already named, so I, I don't. I can tell you. I can tell you what it is. Okay. What well, is let's it? See, yeah. No, no, don't you tell us, and then we'll see if they, if they, I'll trust. We'll trust Vince. He won't lie to us if he, has, if he <laughs> got it right. I can't. I'm incapable of lying. Yes. Yeah, so go ahead. It's true. Uh, I, his run started before the decade, but um, there was that there was one chunk of story that um, actually. It made me care about a character I never would have imagined I would have cared about, um, and that is uh, Superior Spider-Man by Holy Dan Slott. Shit! No, I knew it. I knew he was going to uh, go with that. It's it's I I because I mean Slot's run started before 2009. Oh my god! I would have so, never. Well, no, that. you you I have know. to you got to understand that he has to he loves Spider-Man so much. The only way he could get him on the list was by going with Superior Spider-Man. Which you is, guys fucking love Slot's primary Spider-Man run. So I oh yeah, if that was on the list, but yeah, it, it's I mean this was I mean it was still Spider-Man, but it was Otto and Peter's body and yeah. and and the fact that you know what and it and it I mean he 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 led up to it with issue six hundred of Amazing Spider-Man and then. The payoff was issue, um, actually, no, with 500, payoff was 600. We got Superior Spider-Man. And, um, and yeah, it was just uh, absolutely um, a hell of a ride. And, mm-hmm. and Stegman starts it off, and you also have Umberto yep. Ramos on the book. You you, you end it with uh, Giuseppe Camicoli. We, um, I guess, lead into Spider-Verse from there. But it, it's, yeah, it, it was, I mean, I I cared about this this, this version of spider-man and and uh sony know, sony just, would not have the blockbuster movie that they had without dan slot don't i, I don't care what they say no i agree yeah um no it it's it's uh yeah i mean it's i i like we were talking about aaron before and and even miller and simonson but yes yeah, slot slot left his mark as far as i'm concerned on on spidey he'll he'll for me he will be um and pre-secret war stuff Pre, pre, you know, Captain of Industry, Peter Parker. This was, the, this. I mean, I'm. This is up there with me by uh, Stern, Michelini, and 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 Conway, Damn, and, respect. And, and, and the greats. But it's it's yeah, Superior Spider-Man. Just I mean, mm-hmm. as it came out of absolutely, I didn't. You know, you you, whenever they take whether it's it's you know Dick Grayson as Batman or, or any other character taking over for your hero for 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 the person who's always in that costume. Um, for it to last as as long as it did, and and for him to tell these stories with 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 Spider Man's villain, who for the longest time you thought his ultimate arch nemesis is is Green Goblin, um, but he's not the one who took him out. It, it's just it was man, I, I I I'm gonna reread this book real soon. But yeah, Superior Spider Man, my absolute favorite book from the decade. Respect. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, not, so not surprising at all. I knew that. Yeah. Okay. okay. It, I was gonna go with either that or Bendis' Superman, but Bendis' Superman's too new. Too yep. new. Yeah. And and yeah. doesn't tug at the heartstrings as much yeah. as Spider Man does. So I, I thought, thought it was well, gonna be Spider Man, like just amazing Spider Man run. But yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, like I said, it started before 2010, and yeah, yeah, and, and get into it. But it, it's uh, but as far as the Bendis stuff, you guys, I mean, I've, I'm I'm on record as saying that even. 
uh, action comics has been fun, but but the, the Rogozar stuff just just went on way too long. And and you know now with the truth and everything like that, maybe something will mm-hmm. it'll, it'll I'll I'll it'll be on an upswing for for a long time. But mm-hmm. I like you said, Vince, it's too new. Yeah. Uh, before I give my number one strange aside, but uh, but uh, shout out to friend of the show Sean Crystal, who just released his he did he does this podcast uh, called Ink Pulp, and he had been on hiatus, but he just released Netflix style. It's interesting his decision to do this, but he just released Netflix style is an entire season of his podcast all in one day. So uh, ten nice. eight, or, eight or ten interviews um, all from a trip to Portland that he took. And one of the interviews is with Bendis. And I have to say, it was awesome to listen to it because no disrespect to the Bendis tapes that, that you know, that Suntress does, which are obviously a, a, a mainstay and really Bendis' main conduit to the fans. Um, it was cool to see someone else interview Bendis. I bet. Just because Bendis, like, I think has a certain uh, comfortability and patois with John now where you, you kind of know exactly what it's going to be. And this was very different. But I only bring it up because you mentioned Rogel Czar. I didn't know this. Maybe you did know this, but I uh, Rogel Czar is named after the doctor. The doctor, yeah. Life, yeah. yes, yeah. So that's kind of cool. I will uh, definitely check that out. Also, uh, congrats to uh, Sean for his engagement. Yes, to, to Sean Pryor and his uh, yes and his lovely fiance. Uh, so my number one book is a book that um, I I have a bunch of honorable mentions. There was no way that like when we decided to do this, this book was the first book I wrote down and it stayed at the top. And so I know I, I feel good about it. It's a book that I've reread a bunch of times. I actually reread it over break in, in celebration of this. Uh, I actually reached out to the creator of this book to let him know that it was going to be my number one book <laughs> because you're such uh, an introvert. Huh? He's such an introvert. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's true. Um, and, and that is a, a book so that I like so much that my online identity in most places uh, is a play on this in this book's title. Uh, and that is uh, co-written by Brian Maruka and Jim Rugg, drawn by Jim Rugg, uh, came out at the very beginning of the decade uh, and stood the test of time for me. And that is Aphrodisiac. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just, you know, I can't overstate the importance of this book in my journey as a comics fan, because I, as I do look back on this, uh, I do think that book ignited a passion in me for completely, truly independent work uh, that has, I think needless to say, uh, only grown from there, um, you know, to the point now where I, I think most of the comics I, I, I enjoy at least, uh, you know, the majority of comics I enjoy, are, are non big two books. And, and um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, listen, we, we, it is a, it is a, a, a love letter. It's a graphic novel that is a love letter to nineties black exploitation, to Kung Fu movies and to Marvel uh, silver and bronze age comics. And, you know, those are all things that matter a lot to Jim. They matter a lot to me and a lot of other people. And, uh, and there's also, although I didn't pick it for this reason, it's still cool, as he reminded me this week when we chatted, that we as a show, I think in a lot of ways this book is synonymous with us in the beginning because this was the first book that I think we had a direct impact on where he said he still, to this day, gets people telling him that they bought that book and first heard of him because of us. And uh, his own words, we sold many thousands of copies of that book for him. 
So uh, I love that fucking book so much. I wish I had a thousand copies to give out to all of our patrons every time we do a care package. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I just, I, that is the book of the decade for me without a doubt. Nice. Nice. So do any of y'all have any honorable, I do have some honorable mentions. I don't know if any of y'all do like, for example, Vince, I am absolutely floored that Savage Dragon isn't in your top 20. Same. Hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, it I, it's a mainstay, which right uh, familiarity breeds contempt, I guess. You know, so it's always there. I, I I really enjoy it, but when I stack up what Eric does very 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 well to say what Matthew Allison does and what uh, Bayer and and Charles Burns do, like I love Savage Dragon, but it it walks the same walk every issue sure right sure. so i mean I, I everybody know i give eric larson what my favorite superhero book every almost every year for the friggin <laughs> yeah. 11 o'clock so that's why i didn't really uh go there but mm-hmm. i mean he knows i love him uh i have a um a contender list uh yeah like you said saga by bkv and, and fiona staples um of course, Aphrodisiac. Uh, Avengers No Road Home was up there. Nice. Damn, uh, I didn't even think about that. And that's fucking great. Yeah. That's good. Damn. That's yeah, I so like mine. No Road Home better than No Surrender. Because No Road Home yeah, had... had shit, I had didn't the, think of that. Yeah, had Damn, the, right? the, the, the Kirby you angle. Just, you ignored everything from this year, Bo. Um, I didn't I think did. of either of those books. <clears throat> I, and I And they were both great. I had uh, yeah I I had uh, no road home I had infinity eight on my list oh shit yeah yeah that was definitely a a contender Um, I did have Tom's Batman on there Uh, I had Mr Miracle when I thought about the Valiant stuff I did think about the Valiant because we did enjoy those four issues yeah but I just thought I I thought Time Walker was just a more well rounded more fun um, standalone story Uh, I have enjoyed Preet's Deathstroke. I did for Vince. I threw plastic on my list. Um, nice, as well as Spy Seal, and uh, my last two were uh, Rachel Rising and Slots. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, nice, nice, nice. Um, I want. I had. Yeah. I had a slot for Head Lopper. Y- yeah. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Murder Falcon was, you know, nice. it, it, great series. But again, true to my heart, I had a, <laughs> I had to chop it. Um, what else? Um, wow. Oh, I had Southern Bastards also. Yeah, that didn't even make my list. I didn't have it on because I I just can't get over the. I know. Fact that I know. never finished. I, I just. So, but yeah, I mean, I I love. Well, when it was coming out, right? Exactly. I loved every yeah, issue that, of it was coming out, but I, I'm yeah. punishing it. I'm giving. I'm, and I know they're still going to be so broken up over me punishing them, <laughs> punishing them by not giving it, <laughs> giving it a shot. Uh, True. I wanted to give a a blanket nod to um, it it was impossible to do because I can't come out and say I would like to give a nod to the books I enjoyed from the new 52. But, you know, I'm going back and rereading that stuff. And a lot of it was was really good, Um, mostly at the hands of Cooter and, and, you know, Tomasi and those guys and and Pac. But... um, I couldn't justify taking a slot for a group of books of of varying 
you know, various characters, so I didn't. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I do enjoy the new 52, a lot of it. Um, I, again, uh, the Willows was up there. Um, mm-hmm. th- there's just a shit ton of, of stuff. Maria M., but the, the, it doesn't mm-hmm. have the the uh, the impact. They didn't have the impact that the ones I did pick had. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I just have an alphabetical list. Oh, um, not not unexpected. Yeah, not unexpected. Uh, River at uh, Night was on. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very good. That was on uh, a fucking million. That was another one that was on like every list. Yeah, but they pick a, a, a darling and and they kind of wring every bit of blood out of them that they possibly can. Like I, I think it's a great book, but you know. Yeah, no, I'm saying. I mean, that's yeah. that's just a book that seemed to be on a lot of lists. Um, okay, so my honorable mentions are uh, as as Dap alluded, Tom King's Batman for sure, uh, Paul Pope's Battling Boy, mm, yeah, J.H. Uh, Williams and Hayden Blackman and Greg Rucka, but mainly because of J.H. Williams on his run on Batwoman, um, Velman and Curse Scott's Beautiful Darkness, which I got to give Gabe Hardman credit for for turning us on to when he was on the show. Uh, a book probably a lot of people thought would be on my list, Black Science by Remender and Scalera. Um, Bloodshot Reborn was my valiant choice wow. by, Lemire, by Lemire and Miko Soyan. Nice, respect. Uh, Chris Ware's Building Stories. Mm-hmm. That was which, the one which I, is, I cut yeah, that. It's just interesting because as I've talked about recently, I, I don't, a lot of Chris's work doesn't resonate with me, but that did. Uh, Michelle Michelle's uh, Copra for sure. Uh, a book that I thought would be on Vince's list wasn't even mentioned. I mean, but I understand why now because of the fade out criminal by Bruce Baker and Phillips. I, I didn't mean, mention criminal because mm-hmm. it's probably going to sweep a lot of my categories for the oh, okay. Oscars. Okay. Um, Daredevil certainly by, by Wade and Sami and Rivera for sure. Uh, Department H Matt Kent, uh, Descender Lemire and Dustin Nguyen. Um, one from, from the earliest part of the decade that we all very much enjoyed, but, but, uh, interesting that I guess it hasn't stood the test of time as much. Duncan, the wonder dog by Adam Hines. Yeah. Uh, unfulfilled Mm -hmm. promises. Yeah. Yeah. It was right. It was supposed to be the first of multiple volumes. Um, Hickman's fantastic four run, which I initially thought was prior decade, but it was not, it was actually 2012. So, um, so for sure, I'd, I'd love that run. Uh, God Hates Astronauts, Yep, Mr. Ryan Brown. Yep. Uh, a book that, interestingly, is on my honorable mentions, but wasn't on either of your lists, and probably was the superhero book that was at the top of more lists that I saw for the decade of any other, uh, which is uh, Fraction and Aja's Hawkeye. Mm. See, I, I had a Mortal Hulk, and I had to trim it. Well, uh, so I have Headlopper, McLean, um, I do have Hawks Pox on there as an honorable mention because I did adore it for sure, but it's just so new. It just felt a little disingenuous to put it on there. Um, I Hate Fairyland, Scotty. Sure. Uh, Immortal Hulk, to your point, Vince, by Ewing and Bennett. Infinity 8, which we mentioned. Uh, Killing and Dying, which was my uh, my choice of, of several Adrian Tominet books. Um, I, on the Brandon Grand tip, Vince, I didn't go with Prophet. I went with King City. Mm-hmm. Same, yeah. Uh, March uh, the three the trilogy um, by uh, Congressman John Lewis uh, Aiden and Nate Powell. Nice. 
Moby Dick by Chabute. <laughs> Chabute. Um, a book that I actually reread over break uh, because I had, I, like, I was kind of like mixed about what, like, I didn't remember it fully, but I wanted to see if it was worthy. And I do think it, it just missed the cut, um, it, which is Multiversity. I, I really ah. think I think that holds up well. I think that really aged well because it is its own thing by Grant Morrison and friends. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Murder Falcon, as you guys mentioned, uh, Night Lights by Lorena Alvarez, another no bra book uh, on a sunbeam by Tilly Walden, Paper Girls by BKV and Cliff Chang. Uh, the other book I had mentioned that was qu- sort of just floating in and out of my top twenty was uh, Pinocchio by Winchless. Mm, yeah. That book is just, uh, I just, you remember how much I, I marked for that book yeah, when it came out. stupid good. Stupid good. Uh, another Matt Kent book. And the funny one, it's the book that he never has on his stand at a con. And I always say, you don't have any copies of that book. And he says, I should bring copies of that book. And that is a red-handed, the fine art of strange crimes. Um, I, that is a standalone graphic novel that he did, I think, for Simon and & Schuster. And it is brilliant, I think. Um, Spider-Woman. Dennis Hopeless and uh, Javier Rodriguez's Marvel sure. Runner. Love that book. Uh, Spinning, another Tilly Walden book. Uh, Sweet Tooth by Jeff Lemire. The Fade Out, which y'all obviously already talked about. Private Eye, which which Dap talked about. Uh, the Rise of Aurora, Aurora West, which is the, uh, the sister book to uh, Battling Boy, written by Pope, but drawn by my boy David Rubin. Um, Vince, one you may remember, The Strange Tale of Panorama Island. Yep. By Suihiro Maru. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Naughty. So Naughty. Dirty, dirty, dirty. Book. Dirty, dirty. <laughs> Had to have some dirty books on there. Uh, the Vision by Tom King and Gabriel Walta. Um, I think we all probably gave that shorter shrift than we should just because we all put Mr. Miracle on the list. But right. but that is also, that's right up there in terms of quality. Uh, this One Summer by Jillian and Mariko Tamaki, who are cousins, not sisters. Uh, many people think they're sisters. Uh, and then last but certainly not least, my last honorable mention, I just went alphabetically, uh, was Upgrade Soul by Ezra Clayton Daniels. Nice. So, there you we see, have it. I-, I considered bottom feeders. Oh, okay. Yeah, for my list. Yeah. And and I also, um, you're going to scoff, but I really don't care. I, I, for a second, and I'm like, what am I doing? I, I thought about putting uh, metal on my list because I really liked You're metal. I really, uh, yeah, I'd have to slap you if you put metal on there over, uh, uh over multiversity. But sure. Okay. No, but I mean, I, I, I just liked the approach and the art was I got you. brilliant. It was probably the most successful event that DC did this decade. Yeah. Liked it a lot. Commercially. Um, you know, you know, you're all about the commercial aspect. Of sure. Yeah. As my <laughs> list will, will testify. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so there you go. So I will, um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll collate this and put it out in some form. We'll put it on the website, and then we can link to the website. I think it's probably the easiest. In a perfect world, yeah. But um, under current Well, circuit, assuming we get the website back up and running. Yeah. Uh, in case you don't know, we're having a little bit of problems with the 11oclockcomics.com website. Um, in any case, I would not have put images from any of what we chose for our, our best comics of the decade, because where's the surprise in that? Uh, you have to listen in order to find out. So the uh, the, the copy for this episode is just going to be best favorite comics of the decade, Doomsday Clock. That's it. I'm not letting any cats out of the bag. Sweet. Yeah. 
So we thank you very much for being along with this ride. Plenty, plenty more to come in 2020. Sorry, three beers. Uh, in the meantime, check out our Patreon page because they're the fine folks that made all this possible. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. I'm not going to do any of your travels because at this point, I think it would be redundant. Wow. I'm okay with that. Right. We just wrapped up the decade. What are we going to say? Oh, by the way, read this. Yeah. 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 Even though we didn't, even though this didn't make the cut. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It'll be a little, not, not read read anything we just mentioned. Yeah. Not disingenuous, but a little anticlimactic, I think. That is true. So, so, well, I guess in your travels, uh, Make sure you vote for our soon-to-be-posted book of the month, yeah? Yes. Yeah. yeah and so. also, since you all didn't have to come up with your own favorites of the decade, make sure, because you probably got another three weeks, let's say, to do your favorite 2019 books for the 11 o'clock And yes. we'll give it some time. We'll probably do it next month, maybe, because we, we want to space it out. Again, it would feel a little anticlimactic to talk about our favorite books of a year. And we just talked about the favorite books of a decade. So, and since it's a new decade, let's approach this art form. We love so much with a little bit of laissez faire attitude. Like let's just welcome all different tastes and all different styles. Don't poke fun at anybody for loving a certain book and thinking it's beneath you because there's a person in the title role that wears spandex. Let's just love everything. And uh, yes, and let's try and make articles like comic books or the uh, graphic novels or the gentrification of comic books (laughs) never, ever happen again. Yes. It's pompous. It's preposterous. It's so precious. Fuck that shit. We love pictures in sequence. That's all it is. And we we love you for listening to it. So uh, to us anyway. So come back next week uh, or less. We'll see. And uh, we'll have more of the same. In the meantime, www.patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Check that out. Join us on the Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, and Facebook. Um, And once again, uh, dcbservice.com. Get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door. They're the best. And I love these guys. A whole new year of more of the same. What can we ask for? No, it's, it's just a gift. Heading into our third decade, God help us. I'm telling you, we'll be doing this forever. <laughs> David would be like, that guy with the S on his chest. What was his <laughs> name again? I'd be like, you're so, you're so stupid, you don't remember anything. That's Superman. <sighs> oh, yeah, Superman. That's the one. The <laughs> impression. That's amazing. So, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So hey, join us on the ride for the for the following year. We'll be we'll be here lovingly embracing you along the way. And uh in the meantime, say good no uh 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 eight. I got nothing to tap on. Oh well. <laughs> good good no uh uh eight. Take two. Uh, oh. David. Wow. Taking two, okay. Eight. Take two. David. I swear, you know how much the Ramones mean to me. If I if I saw one more time, 2020, 24, yeah, uh, like please, you, you're beating that shit into the ground. Stop that. And the Barbara Walters, 2020. Oh yes, yes, yeah. Holy shit! Stop. Poor woman, let her rest. The damn memes. 
Whatever. We love you, people. Say goodnight, boys. Hey, y'all. Peace.